We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. <laughs> hey everybody in the chat, um, it's amazing that you're here right now. I, I'm so happy that you guys made it here today. Uh, let's, let's just call people out by name like Alania and Aiden so far. Reveal yourself. Reveal. I will reveal thine self in the chat. Hi, how are you? I love you. <laughs> I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazing Gardener, and of course, Survivor's <laughs> tier member, Elisa J. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, that's right. I can do things. Whoop. Yeah, today we're talking about the uh, third, I don't know how to pronounce this one, like, was like the third season finale? <laughs> the Walking Dead. The first of third, the first of three. The first third. Right? The first third first, finale. Yeah. Right. right. Trimester. Right. First the first trimester. Tri- yeah, well, well, okay. Yeah, there we go. The the first tri trimester of uh, the Walking Dead, the eighth episode in the final season of the Walking Dead. For blood. Sorry, I don't know if that worked. For blood. Are you not ashamed? <laughs> I am not ashamed. I will say that my notes are very slim on this one, which is always a good thing. It's always a good thing to remind people that when my notes are slim, it means this episode have had movement or we weren't flipping back between three different storylines or four different storylines. We kind of kept it bilinear. This is very interesting that, to see that we were mostly focusing on the Reaper's conflict and then every now and again, jumping back to Alexandria, watching the, the entropy take over, you know, what was once the safe haven of our survivors. What did you think of this episode, Eliza? I'm dying to know because you haven't been on for a while. Here we are defaulting back to the Whisperer's methodology to attack an enemy. And, you know, there was that article that was floating around that said Maggie and Negan and wearing the Whisperer's mask shows that Alpha won in the end. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but she certainly showed them tactics and it it does throw the people off. I was not surprised with Leah and Daryl. I didn't trust her. And I, I really kind of thought she would try to kill him, but mm. and, you know, she did give him ample time to scatter away. I'm a little worried about Alexandria. Um, even more worried, actually, about Lydia, because she was the last one left downstairs holding the door, and then the next thing you know, the walkers are inside. So either she bit the dust, or maybe she will kill a walker, grab a mask, and try to get the horde out of, out of the house. But I'm like you, it went really fast. We didn't have a whole lot of things to delve into, hidden agendas and hidden secrets or anything like that. I did not trust Leah at all. And still don't, so, is the point. I uh, still don't. Aiden says, if Lydia dies, I will effing riot. And I, <laughs> and I know he means it too. Okay, so we, d- we don't trust Leah because our group is our group and, and we love our people. But do you agree with what she did for her people, though? I mean, are you at least, do you... Like, acknowledge the fact that yeah, those were yeah. her people still. Yeah. Well, it does kind of ring true with the conversation that he had with her of, you know, I've got to protect my people. I do what I do to protect my people. Mm-hmm. And and she acknowledged that, you know, you know, you do what you do to protect your people. I still think it could have been done in a way where she says, oh, one of them shot, her, shot him with an arrow and I, you know, put him down. I don't think she had to say Daryl murdered him. Um, I think she did that as just a just a jab, you know, just a, this is it. I'm, you know, we're done and we're not this is there's not anything else of us because all she would have had to say was they killed because we already know that they're inside the gates, but I think she did that intentionally. Uh, Lonnie's saying uh, at least Leah gave Daryl a head start. Come on, yeah, <laughs> she did. Yeah. Do you, she did. 
Do you think she was just mad that he lied to her? That was her way of like getting back at him for lying. Yeah. Yeah. History yeah. sort of repeating yeah. itself in this I moment. Think it, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was just, it was screw you. You know, you think you're going to get one over on me. Screw you. It's such a shame too, so, because he almost, he was almost about to tell her in the last episode and mm-hmm. just didn't quite get to it. Yeah. And I, I don't think she would have done that had he not turned and thrown the knife at the guy. I think there was a moment where, she killed Pope, and I think she probably wanted to go off with him. But then when he threw that knife and killed her friend, I think that snapped her and saying, no, those are my people. You just killed another one of my people. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't going to work. I, I agree with you. How many more of my people I, are you going to take out? If you and how many more of my yeah. people and how, are you going to take And out? how would yeah. have Daryl felt had she done the same thing to one of his people, right? Or, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote, his right. people. We still don't know if everybody's going to get out on skate. Right. Gabe's inside this. the building. I'm I'm very worried for Gabe right now. He's, he's inside. <laughs> inside. And, and Elijah is hurt. Yeah. It mm-hmm. looks like and he bleeding. got a leg yeah. one. Yep. And, and you know, Negan got an arm one. Took some pizza And what were we saying about the, the five senses of walkers, that the smell of blood, mm-hmm. that's the strongest. So that's, yeah. that was my first panic moment. But, you know, obviously I didn't see anything happen in that moment, but maybe we will see something in the next episode yeah. at some point. Hopefully there was so much blood spread around. It was kind of masking their blood. <laughs> there was so much carnage. Yeah. 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 Right? It's like the guts trick. There was yeah. so much viscera just exploding mm-hmm. everywhere that, you know, they're covered with enough guts to cover the bleeding blood mess. Which Ooh, also, what if he gets yeah. walker guts in his open wound? Exactly. That's exactly what I was Blah. thinking next. Yeah, well, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. <laughs> hey, you, you can survive without a leg. Cut it off. Yeah. He doesn't need a leg. <laughs> well, I think it, most of, they mostly get sick and fevery, right? Right, so he's gonna go blind like Gabe. The only thing I regret about the episode was we did not hear from Pope. Why? Go ahead, do it, David. I know you want to. No, no say, yeah, it, say, it, it, say it. Say it. I almost all but forgot there you it. Go. There you go. <laughs> at this point, I wanted to hear from Pope. Yep. Why he was so hell bent on yes, Maggie. Me too. And I was hoping that that was gonna be the setup when they were in the room talking, you know, that she did it. She, yep. I, I really wish Daryl would have said, what'd she do? What the hell did she do? Yeah. You know, that has made well, you so I mean, angry. I'm we looking at Charity. Yeah. Cause I want to see what we may still get that because <laughs> Leah is the new Pope and she will be carrying the same grudges that Pope was carrying. So chances okay. are we are still going to find that out. Here's my opinion on Maggie telling this story is it's going to be Maggie's version. I want to hear from the Reaper side what happened. I mean, I'd like to hear both sides because then we can kind of piece together what's true. I have the feeling that it's going to come down to Maggie and Leah. Just the way they were looking at each other over the walls. Maggie was giving Leah the eye and Leah was looking back at her dead on. Ooh. And I think and right here, yeah. And then is that mm-hmm. going to, cre- what is that going to create between Maggie and Daryl? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just an extra yeah. layer of yeah. how is Daryl going to react to this? Kind of what just what I said earlier. Like, well, how would Daryl have felt if <laughs> Leah was the one tossing the knife in Maggie's direction, you know, taking her out? You know, it's same. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing to her. You know, and I know that Daryl is one of our guys. We're following him this whole time. He's the fan favorite, yeah. basically. I like what Aiden just said. The stare down between Leah and Maggie calls back down the stare down between Maggie and Karen and, Alpha. Uh, Carol and yeah. Alpha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I said Maggie is the new Alpha. When Negan and Maggie were having that conversation on the stumps, he said, you guys went in and killed my people who had families. 
how do you think Aaron got Gracie? Yeah. And so it's that whole family. We too, get to found see family. it from the other side. I agree. Yeah. I want to hear, you know, whether it's from Leah or somebody else there, Carver. Or This is completely contradicting what I said during the last episode when I said, don't humanize our enemies. <laughs> yeah. I kind of talked about this in the beginning of the season, how it's leading in this direction of everybody's got to kill everybody. Everybody's got to kill everybody. And, you know, I mean, normally, Rachel, I know you agree. Even if, like, if it's a preemptive strike, you've said on this show many times, like, yep. you got to kill them before they kill you. Even if, you know, they're not trying to kill you, you still got to kill them before you kill <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Okay. Kill them you're, all. you're a murderous son of a bitch, but still. <laughs> get shit but, done. But then, like, the Commonwealth is coming and the Commonwealth is the exact opposite, which is to not a bad thing in a sense. Like, you know, bringing in humanity doesn't sound like a bad idea because civilization being civil creates societies. But then these two things are going to eventually collide. At some point, it appears in the opening credits that the Commonwealth does go to Alexandria. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the comic books, it's, I think. That's what it's looking like. I'm a little concerned right now, not so much for our group dealing with the Reapers as I am what's going on in Alexandria. This could be the lead up to Aaron's death. I, I kind of wanted to bring in the whole Highwayman thing again, because it's always good to remember Carol kind of getting Aaron to stop. And then also the idea that, okay, what if the Reapers, and I'm just throwing this out there. You look at uh, Carver just early in this episode, when Daryl just merely suggests, hey, I could take my bike and lead this whole thing away, right? Oh, was it his bike? Did he say his bike? I, I don't, don't remember. I think he brought his bike up. He just said he could lead him away. Yeah, something like that. I could hop on, and, yeah. double back, right? I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, here I am thinking, oh, the bike, you know, from season six and all those other seasons where he took his bike and led the yeah. horde away. Anyway, <laughs> and then <laughs> Carver says, yeah, if you, did, if, you, if you don't have balls. <laughs> so, yeah. But which goes to show, like, these, these guys, they are just in it. The apocalypse represents to them this constant state of warfare, which they are accustomed to. You could say this is like the best thing that ever happened to them, even though we're s slowly starting to see that the natural conclusion is what kind of happens to Pope. Throwing Bossy into the fire was the first time he's ever killed one of his own or sacrificed one of his own. First of all, for no reason. And second of all, you see him do the same thing with Paul Wells openly willing to sacrifice his people to prove that they are the chosen ones in his kind of weird logic. He's the Jim Jones of the apocalypse. Wait, wait, Teddy or... or <laughs> Ted, Teddy or Pope? No, no, Pope, Pope. I mean, but okay, let's let's talk about that. Because like, I, I don't see him as as charismatic. Like, I mean, Jim oh, Jones relied on his charisma purely. Like, this guy's got some strength, tactics. Pope started with a crew, and that's who he's been with all these years. He's lost some people along the way, but I yeah. didn't get the impression that he was taking in new recruits. Imagine Pope's people, let's say, and it's gonna have to be without Pope, and it is. Imagine they just meet up with the Commonwealth and see that, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Well, what does what happens to the Reapers? I don't think they could assimilate. I, well, I, I, I don't think so either. I think, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Negan, when he was walking with Alpha to the cabin where he had Lydia, quote unquote, he was talking to her about Lucille. And I think he was looking sort of. for that, going back to the vestiges of humanity in her to say, you don't have to kill your daughter. We all have this grief and, you know, and I really think he was looking for her to say, you're right, I don't have to. And I think he would not have killed her at that point. But when she was like, well, this is the way it is. Kind of like Leah you know, with Pope. And, yeah. It's okay. her destiny. <laughs> she has to fulfill my vision. I think they have become too polluted by always thinking someone's their enemy and always killing 
by being in that constant warfare mentality. Plunder and pillage, plunder and pillage. As a way of life, not not as a means to an end. That's the, the difference. Like, I mean, as a soldier, you are taught that you are a weapon, that that's what you are. You are trained to kill. Yours is not to ask why. Yours is but to do or die. That, mm-hmm. That's the motto. And so what happens when you take away the, the do or die part, like meaning doing what you're told? Okay, then Pope is in charge. And then Pope, what's his authority? Not the U.S. government. It's God. 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 I, I guess everybody's in, is, is in agreement that like if, if they saw that there was an option to not have to fight or to abscond with this lifestyle, they wouldn't, right? Because that's all they know. Is that is that where everybody's kind of landing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now wait, here's where I, I flip the script a little bit. What about Leah? Even in her current state, do you think there's still a chance that she might, if presented the option, she might go, maybe this isn't such a bad deal. You know, I care about my people. I want them safe. I don't yeah. know. I'm throwing yeah. it out there. Absolutely. She just brought up the idea of her and Daryl staying at the cabin again. I think she is thinking about what it what life without the reapers would be like but that was also before she found out he lied we're not like without the reapers necessarily but like let's say she's in charge of the reapers right yeah so i think so what does it look like for leah to be in charge and then to also Mm. have to partially let's say make that or at least present the option of hey this commonwealth shit i know they're pretty hokey but when she killed pope she had the opportunity to stop it and to say no more fighting no more killing no more dying Let's try to see what Daryl's talking about with his people, you know, and food mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't think any of them would have gone along with her. That's kind of what I'm no, angling for. I don't either. Yeah. I think they would have killed her. I think I think her. even if she presented, she yeah. they, they would not go along with it. They they would override her. Now it's not only because Pope marked Maggie. Now we're on a revenge mission. Now Leah marked Daryl. As far as that goes, do you think that she is going to go on an active sort of mission against the same kind of mission that Pope is against her enemy, let's say? I have been thinking about that all afternoon. And here's the thing. I think she has to. She just told the rest of the Reapers that Daryl killed Pope. They are going to expect her to go and avenge him. I don't know if she's going to go into it wholeheartedly, but she's going to have to. She's already attempting to kill them because she set the Huacha off on them. And she doesn't know who's out there in that field. She knows Daryl's out there. She did call her people back. But I'm saying she doesn't know if Daryl's out there in that mess. So, I mean, she's already proven that she's she's willing to kill him. So now I got to talk about the Huacha. Okay, so <laughs> so the Huacha is a, is a um, Korean kind of like a battering. It's basically light, light, lightweight arrows with uh, rocket propelled tips. <laughs> so what, what the object is, is you put them in a high place at at least a 40, 45 degree angle, has a range of about 100 meters. And it's really for sieges, for defensive measures. They have been used in <laughs> naval attacks, but like typically they're used in sieges to kind of propel the enemy backwards, you know, so that you can actually fight them off and maybe stand a chance. This is why I'm I'm a little torn on what, what might happen next, because if it is a defensive move, and notice that Pope doesn't use it until they're inside the walls or kind of breaching the walls, right? Or wants to use them as soon as they breach the walls, because he knows it's going to happen. But Leah, I'm thinking kind of what you guys are thinking. I think there's a little bit of a defensive warfare thing. She's like, you know what, let's send them a warning. Daryl knows what's coming, so maybe he'll warn his people and get the F out. But then what happens after maybe something resembling what you guys are thinking? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Oh, now you're going to understand the pressures that Pope may have had to deal with in leading his people into the apocalypse. Kind of reminds you of the mural in the tunnel where they they turned on the king. Oh, the people with the crowns in yeah, the, yeah. that Daryl was looking at? Yeah. Yeah. The Asheron part two. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The privilege in society, mm-hmm. etc. They get to keep their crowns in the apocalypse, even though they're homeless. Sort of, yeah. But like here in this in this scenario, it's more like you have these high-minded ideals about saving your people. But like even some of us have even said, you know, Pope's not wrong. Pope slash Negan, not wrong. I mean, you got to kill everybody before they kill you, that sort of thing. Don't give them an opportunity. We might see Leah break bad. There's also a chance she might come to reason. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry. I, I and the not. show is not going to make it that way. Uh, Lonnie says, we run in... Into the fire. <laughs> Are you not ashamed? I am a little sad that we don't get to see Richie Coster anymore. I am too. And where's dog? Where's dog? Oh, dog's dead. Where That's is fine. dog? You shut your dog. face. Shut your face. Where dog is, is dog? You, you know they replaced Actually, him like three times is... in the show, right? No, they didn't. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but what if they did? And you'd be like, oh. Okay. <laughs> it's still seven. Yeah. Maybe Gabe the will rest find of the series is just yeah. going to be Dog deciding who he's going to go with. Uh, he better damn well go with Daryl. Well, that's that may be a good question to have. Yeah, you're right. Who does Dog go with? Daryl or Leah? Oh, the pisser of the But the rest of the series is going to be yeah. Dog deciding who he's going to be with. Yep. That's when I stopped covering The Walking Dead. It's just like, you know what? Not interested. We found Connie. Now where's Dog? No, no. You know what? I, I think I know where Dog ends up. He ends up with Virgil and they just, just walk off into the sunset. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. Nobody nobody gets dog except for Virgil. Virgil. Right? Right, Aiden? <laughs> Virgil fan club. <laughs> dog runs away and leads Daryl to uh, Michonne. Oh, hey. Hey, that's a great idea. Aiden's got a rant here. So Pope mimics Shane losing himself going insane. That's a, that's a good parallel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I, I don't, Shane doesn't strike me as anything but practical. <laughs> Shane goes crazy. Well, his found the foundation of his motivations, his practicality, but also his desire to keep Laurie too, and Carl. Yeah, his that's family, what makes right? him crazy. But also his logic is foundational. Like, okay, you got to get them before they get you. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, but I get it though, Shane. Oh. Laurie makes everybody oh. crazy. I think I think Pope is more in line with the governor on insanity. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, one one ordained by God, and the other ordained by himself. I guess. So the Commonwealth very much mimics Woodbury. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Like, advanced Woodbury, advanced Alexandria. Okay. Well, because of the governor, I also kind of attributed mm-hmm. to that. With Lance's introduction, uh, introduction acting like the governor, and Pamela being called the governor, right? The ferals and the cannibals, like the, like Terminus. The reapers, like the clamors. Um, would you say, I wouldn't, I don't I, know if I'd well, say that. I, I think it's similar in the fact that Daryl joined them. Daryl joined the group in the I same suppose, way. But they're like the, the exact opposite mentality. The claimers were all about anarchy. Now, mine first, individuals rather than yeah, like Reaper yeah, was they, a collective thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. But Daryl did sort of join the bad guys for survival. As a yeah. reflection, but also completely different. Daryl joins a band of brothers. Negan, Maggie, Elijah, and Gabriel have become the Whisperers. Okay. Mercer and the army are kind of like Grady Memorial Hospital. They are not necessarily bad. They, they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So there's a little bit of like yeah. a little hints of everything. That, I mean, even this Meridian kind of resembles like Hilltop in a way. Because I remember like, when, remember when season nine, the famous like still shot of Daryl peeking out over the uh, the steel walls and stuff like that yeah. of yeah. Hilltop. To the audio podcast, I'm I'm pretending my hands are the walls and you have Daryl looking <laughs> off to the side. And I'm going to put a picture of it right now, obviously, in, on the YouTubes. And then you kind of see that here. You see like the Reapers peek, peering over the walls, you know, and Daryl again, callback. I there was something else about Meridian that caught me too, like the fact that it's kind of like in between the hilltop and Alexandria. 
in a sense, like the way that it's constructed. It has like a vantage point that's high up, but it also has like these steel walls, kind of like Alexandria. So no wonder mm -hmm. why Maggie was able to hold it for, for as long as she did. Also, how long were Maggie and her people at Meridian, do you think? I would say enough of a time to feel like they might have succeeded. I feel uh, like Meridian's pretty close to Alexandria. Maggie didn't bother to oh, is this a bone to swing, pick, or? swing by and be like, hey guys, I'm going to be two towns over. So I wonder, <laughs> because that can't be because the, the crazy storms that are happening in Alexandria are pretty far away. Yeah, I was thinking about that on my drive home too. Because I could see that as a bone you'd have to pick after the many bones well, we picked in well, the last no, episode. The, stor the storms didn't bother me so much. I, I wanted to get mad at the that it was storming in Alexandria, but not at Meridian. But then right. I thought harder about it because there are plenty of times where it's downpouring here at my house and someone who lives across the bridge is experiencing nothing. And we're in the same mm -hmm. town. So storm patterns aren't really, I mean, it could storm here and not two blocks over. Yeah, on the eastern seaboard, technically, I mean, in large swaths, they, the storms kind of gather. And so there's not really like pockets. It really, it's usually like big masses. So wherever they are, they have to be far enough away for that pattern to not reach them, I think. Just my experience on the east coast. I think it's a decent distance away. Right, but either way, far enough away, right. But I don't think it's like a state away. We do have a guideline. In fact, I, I had said, you know, hey, Maggie, what's the rush in the first episode? Actually, I have to say for this season so far, it's kind of great that we get to kind of keep flipping back and forth after seeing new information. You go, oh, that explains that. Or that kind of gives me a little context to that. So, we're, so I guess Meridian is not a week away, but like, you know, three and a half to four days away, maybe even three days, which is why they have to kind of make tracks because it's that far away. Meaning, you know, it's, it's probably a decent, decent click away. Yeah. You're talking about maybe a uh, hundred miles. It's very possible. By we, foot. We, we got to remember that they also took that little detour while they were on their way to Georgie's secret spot on the way to, I don't know how much of a detour that is and how right. it would affect the travel, but. Well, and that was supposed to be like a too. fail safe too. Like they weren't really mm -hmm. supposed to go for that. They were supposed to go for Meridian, I think. Right. 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 She had gone, right. she had gone from Knoxville to wherever. Which is far, Meridian, by the way. Which is, yeah. I wish somebody who had, time and didn't do anything else in their life would sit down and make a timeline you mean you mean the map sisters <laughs> you mean the map sisters <laughs> i'm telling you all the fear of the walking dead locations i can Sorry, tell you we're busy with maps yeah i can also tell you that i have <laughs> attempted to sit down and draw out a timeline and it's not possible because yeah. they don't give us enough i don't think they're well it's wrong it's wrong <laughs> Yeah, that, it's that's more what it comes down to. That's what it comes, yeah, that's what the it comes down to. The only time they've ever given us any time reference was in Find Me. Uh, with, yeah, yeah, um, sort of. And, and it's not as much Negan. the time. Yeah, it's not as much the time as it is like, okay, if you really wanted to plot out the locations, good luck. They, they're not okay. even filming in the same state, so anyway. Yeah. There is a Mount Meridian. It's in Virginia, isn't it? Yeah, it's maybe 80 miles from Washington, D.C., which is where they were in the subway, right? In Alexandria, mm -hmm. right? Like, well, yeah. yeah. So about 80 miles southwest of Washington is Mount Meridian. And then another, say, 150 miles southwest of that is Knoxville. Hmm. That tracks. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I remember okay. you bringing this, these factoids up just before TWD aired. Like you, you actually, We actually talked about it before the show, but we never got to talk about it on the show. <laughs> that you had these factoids in the pocket. But I like we got to bring it up now. How far is Alexandria, Virginia? Well, I don't know where is Alexandria. Alexandria is, is kind of near D.C., basically, essentially. It's not that far I mean, away. is it is it Alexandria, Virginia? I just thought that yeah. was the name of the... Um... No, no, it's Alexandria, Virginia. 
that tracks well with me. And I'm doing math in my head. My drive from here to school is 80 miles. If I had to walk that, I could see it taking four days. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the whole logic being is it, ta- it takes three or four days to get there, three or four days to get back. So we got to be quick. Yeah. Alexandria right. is a suburb that is due south of D.C. Right. Exactly. I've been there Mount plenty Meridian of Mount Meridian is kind of west of Alexandria. Alexandria. Right. And then Knoxville is a southwest. We're also assuming that Meridian is Mount Meridian. Eh, we don't really know. This is the whole point. We don't really know. There has to have been some kind of a communication with Maggie. Otherwise, where the how the hell would Carol have known to have left a note at a particular spot that Maggie would have found it? Thank you for bringing me on track because obviously mm-hmm. the note was was a preordained spot before she left or something like that. Or communication with Georgie happened through these notes, so that that's how they just kept it up. You see hints of this also in the beginning of season eight, where they leave notes in certain mailboxes for the other communities to pick up. So that it's not unusual for them to develop some sort of system between you and Rachel. You brought me back onto a topic that actually scared me when I thought about it because. Rachel Rachel, you asked the question, why all of a sudden Maggie comes out of the woodwork right now? Is it because of the letter? Why? But why now? Well, it it occurs to me that kind of now is when they lost their community. It seems like recently Maggie lost her community. You can see in the way Elijah's still looking for his sister. You can see it with them recently finding some of the people that they know from Meridian out in the wild. You know, they must be coming out of the building or the area where the Reapers must have undoubtedly kept them, I I guess, or something like that. And it strikes me that the Reapers, after Maggie's people lost their settlement, Maggie's people got separated. Some of the people went to a nearby building and the Reapers probably maybe went after them and then boarded up because the door was boarded up, mm-hmm. boarded up the From door from the outside. Them. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So yep. it strikes me that they would, these are the kinds of people that will go after people who even think about coming back. This is something we talked about in the last episode. Yep. So what made my heart sink was that it's she, you know, kind of came back for her family, her old family. But I think she came back to help her current family. So two two things that make my heart drop are. And this might come up. She didn't come back as much for her old family as it is for her new family. And now, and this is the second thing. So that makes my heart sink from like an, oh, OG Walking Dead member. Ah, Sucks that she's gotten to the point where she's emotionally withdrawn, at least from out there, to reach this point where like she's more pragmatic than she is sentimental. But then what makes my heart drop even more is to think that now that she is here and now that she is kind of coming online, she's going to realize when the smoke clears, she's going to have that kind of PTSD of like, I just lost all the people that... Meridian. I lost Duncan and and the other one. Agatha. And the, yeah, Ross. right. Yeah. Say the names because I don't Cole. remember them for some reason. <laughs> and and, and po- Elijah's possibly sister. Eli- possibly Elijah. Yeah. And Teresa. Yeah. Did we get Elijah's sister's them. name? Just uh, Elijah's sister. That was heart wrenching scene. Oh God. Finding Elijah's sister. Yes, that I was, just cried. Pretty over, sad. Oh shit. I wanted to yeah. be more sad. Can you mad? Yeah, well, because you don't. I felt you don't bad know that her. I wasn't. Yeah, I felt bad that I wasn't more sad. <laughs> I didn't feel super connected to either one of them just oh, yet. I right, mean, it right. was sad to put myself in the position and think like, what if it was my brother, my brothers, or my sis- or my sister? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, that's sad. When I'm thinking about, oh, oh, poor Elijah. I. It was hard for me because I. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just not. Not super connected to him yet. Mm-hmm. I think it was the whole. We couldn't see his face, but you could hear him. And and knowing Whimpering, that, yeah. and, and knowing that 
what he and Maggie were trying to do and the others at that time of trying to lure the horde, he could not do anything. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the hardest part. That was the hard part, yeah. I thought. I think that was, yeah, Wouldn't the hardest you? part was was him, was him watching him have, have to hold in the emotion when you knew all he wanted to do was break down. That was hard to watch. He couldn't give her mercy. Yeah. Or comfort, right. Here's the thing, he could have a little, a little. Not, like, not yeah. right in the moment, though. The wa- other, the other walkers would have been like, you can't do that. Oh, You're not a walker i'm <laughs> gonna bite you now <laughs> you mentioned a little bit ago like you know elijah seems to be having a hard time like now the shrapnel is jammed in is everywhere basically and <laughs> i don't know it seemed to be close leg his arm whatever and then i i, I see negan you know pick him up and so i thought that was kind of cool but then i'm just thinking like this guy and even Maggie having, are having such a hard time, you know, like all, all of their people are dead. It's like, okay, if we cared about Jadis more, seeing all her people in the meat grinder, okay, that's one thing. But then, you know, like slowly having them picked off after trying so hard to stay alive, like that's gotta have some consequences. And I don't think they're ready to kill Maggie off the show, even though I know there are so many of you and I know who you are. I'm staring into your soul. <laughs> You know who you are. I don't think they're ready to kill her as much as you want that to happen. And if they do, how like stunned would you be in a sense? Because like after picking off one by one, one by one, all of her people, and then to have her left, you kind of want her to stick. This is the sick part of you now. Like you kind of want her to stick around to kind of hold the lantern for all the people that she lost, you know, because you're like, you're a pervert. You want to see her suffering for the rest of the show, right? This weird kind (laughs) of, you want her to feel emotions again. And so going back to what you said earlier, I mean, these two women staring at each other like Alf and Carol, is that maybe the natural conclusion? Is this going to be all about revenge? Who gets to win in that in that game? Because it seems like Maggie's losing. It always has been about revenge from the very beginning. But that never works. It doesn't I work. I thought we learned that lesson a long time ago with Negan. The lesson fear tries to teach you. And Negan, that, the whole all-out war lesson, right? It has to stop somewhere. But that's that has been the whole impetus of the show. I mean, it was revenge against Terminus, revenge against Woodbury, revenge against the Claimers, revenge against the Saviors, revenge against the Whisperers, revenge against the Reapers, and it just keeps going. That's how they're leading up to everybody dying. I think that's where it's going to be the biggest heartbreak for fans is when one of our own turns against one of our own. Right. If Maggie kills Leah. Is that going to set Daryl up to kill Maggie, or you know, or vice versa, or you know, anybody? In well, that let's group. let's hit so, that one first because it, is that po- I don't think that's possible. Do you think that's possible, Daryl, in response killing Maggie? No, I, I don't think so. Either. I don't think just I don't considering think he would have that reaction. The, yeah, just considering the the cost. It could be the it could be the lead that t- that makes him leave, and that could that could that open up spin off. That could seems open up spin off him and Carol. Yeah, that could open up spin off him and Carol. If he's like. I'm done. I'm out of here. And I don't even think it would be as much what Maggie did, to be perfectly frank. Because there's a quote in the show that Leah says, it's hard to watch someone you care about change when they're hurting other people you care about too. Now, I saw this as like, oh, Pope hurting his people, Leah hurting Daryl's people, Daryl hurting the Reapers, Daryl hurting Leah, because this kind of goes back to something that I said two episodes ago with Eliza, when Eliza and I were covering 1106, I'd said, Leah knows. Leah is a good judge of character. Leah knows when somebody's lying. She's a very good judge of people's facial emotions, what people say, but especially Daryl. She knows when she's being bullshitted by Daryl. But here's the thing. Leah's been with the Reapers for a while, and it doesn't make sense to me that 
the cracks haven't started to show probably since she came back with the Reapers. But until Bossy was put into the pit, the fire pit, until she was she herself was put into a fire fiery cabin with Daryl, that's when she really started opening her eyes. And then when Daryl came back, she wanted to believe in him as an escape path, maybe, or maybe she wanted to believe that he came back for her, or maybe she wanted to believe in him that he, she can have her cake and eat it too. She may have known that he was lying to her on some level, but. Here's the thing. It's kind of like when you know somebody is cheating in a relationship, when you feel it in your gut, and then when they finally come out and say it, it solidifies it and it makes the hurt even worse. And I think that's what it did for her is I think she knew on some level because he chose his people over her to begin yeah. with. Well, that's kind of exactly what I mean, that, too. When he said, you know, they're my people. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, not only did you lie to me, but you confirmed the fact that I knew you were lying. You know, I was hoping you weren't, but you did. You're caught between like really, really wanting to know the truth. Like, okay, I don't want to be bullshitted to, but at the same time, you're like, but do I? I'd rather not know ignorance is bliss. Like, can we live in this median spot forever where I get to have this family and I get to have that family? Can I do that? I don't know. But it's, it's kind of like Rachel's truth. You know, it's got to come out. Rachel's truth has got to come out. And I think, I think that's ultimately healthy. Like, and again, I know we're talking about Daryl waiting a little too long to tell Leah the truth again, kind of like a callback. But I mean, what, what is the good? What is a good time to tell the truth? Really? Come on, let's, let's think about it. Especially with Maggie and Maggie's people out there with Negan and, and, and Gaby. I don't know if I'd, I'd have done any, any different. Would have been any different if he had spilled the beans to Leah before they were called back. Like the first time he tried to? He may not have had a chance to have gotten away because Oak was still alive. Before you get in a conversation, I'm actually, these meds I'm on are giving me a terrible headache. I'm going to drop out of the stream and join an audience. I just, I'm feeling really bad, so I don't want to. Oh, love you, man. Get some rest. Get some rest. Love you guys. Okay, love you too. I think if she had done it earlier, I don't think Daryl would have had a, a way out. I think she would have spilled. So what do you mean by that? Had she revealed it, like, just after Daryl put down that woman from the family that, that they spared? That's when he was yeah, about to spill Yeah, I know he was trying to, but I don't... I think I think she would have turned him into to Pope. Oh, okay. You really think so? I thought we were all in agreement, though. Like, I think the reason why she lets him go, gives him a head start, was because of that relationship. There's, there's two halves of the reason why... Leah is turning against Daryl. One, the putting down of the other Reaper immediately. This is something like we see with Morales when uh, in season eight, when it's just kind of like, you know, Rick is having this conversation with Morales with this mo this morality question with Morales about, <laughs> you know, the saviors took me in, blah, blah, blah. The thing that Gimple tried to do to kind of show the other side of the saviors, you know, by way of Morales. It didn't quite work, but still. <laughs> right. But Daryl kind of sneaks up behind him and goes, boop. You're done. But like without hesitation. Yeah, I always hated that asshole. But I think the other half of that equation, though, is Daryl, first of all, waiting and lying for so long while hanging out with the Reapers. And then what was the whole purpose of that? He says to protect his family. So yeah. I, I ask again. <laughs> I'm not saying you should agree with I'm not I don't even, I don't know. But I'm not saying you should think otherwise. But I'm thinking, saying, would it have been different, at least? if Daryl had fessed up before they went back to, to Meridian to face off against the, the Horde. It would have been different. It would have been different. <laughs> would would the outcome how? have been the same, though? That's the question. I think it would have been tougher yeah. for her at the very least, right? Would he, would he have been able to have convinced her to just not go back to Meridian and to just leave from that house? If he could have done that, then maybe. You had said earlier, part of you was like, because of the outcome... I don't think that was even possible. Or like you, you, mm -hmm. you said something, you used the word and I can't remember exactly what it was. Biatch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> even Angela Kang said there's that level of toxicity 
within their relationship. Of Darren Leah, okay. And that she made a good point, and I will stand by what she said. Angela Kang? They will never choose each other over the people that they have loved and fought beside. Because that's, they were, oh, because they were like literally the same person. Just as Leah tried to get him to choose that day in the cabin. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't, even though he changed his mind and went back, he didn't. She's not going to choose Daryl over the people who have been her family. And that's why she turns on him and says, hey, he did this. She did that because I think she wanted her guys to kill him. She didn't want his blood on her hands. Mm. So, she, you know, she betrayed him. Leah and Daryl are like Romeo and Juliet right now. I was thinking that like when after I watched, but it's worse than that, isn't it though? Yeah. It's like yeah. a Romeo well, and Juliet yeah, that it is hate because each they're, other. Because they're adults. <laughs> well, it is yeah, worse. Yeah, because adults actually have <laughs> resentment towards one another. I, yeah. th and this is what I'm thinking this whole time. It's like Leah is giving Daryl a taste of his own medicine in a sense, <laughs> like in the future. It's like, oh, you remember yeah. that time where you dipped out and you made the wrong choice? Yeah, I'm making yeah. the wrong choice now. It kind of reminds me of what I was saying before about why the cabin looked like a wreck. She was in anger. She was tossing things around. She said, fuck this guy, Dixon. I'm out of here. If she was going to do that, then why did she kill Pope and not let Daryl follow through with what he was getting ready to do? I, I think because they're she, two mutually exclusive things, right? I, I think Leah felt like she needed to be the one to do it. Like it was going to happen and she wasn't going to let Daryl do it. It had Which, to be her. Is a good, good uh, mirror, like parallel to what happened in the last episode, right? She couldn't kill that woman, but she can yeah. damn well kill Pope. But she can kill Pope. Because it has mm -hmm. to be me in this, in this instance. And, and imagine how weird and awful it would be for Daryl to do that. I think it would make. Is that kind of like putting down your rabid dog? Uh oh, yeah. Tick, you know, or not rabid, I guess, necessarily in, in Pope's case, but, you know, you're, <laughs> you're traumatized. Traum well, talk about a dog, a rescue, you know, and then comparing that to Pope and PTSD. And it's a shame. And literally, is oh. the he was foreshadowed. He's spooky beta shit, everybody. Spooky beta <laughs> shit. Pope literally described his own death. It, it took it took a bit to strangle him. I mean, literally, he took a he took a knife to the neck and he was still stumbling around while bleeding out. I think you're right. I think they are star-crossed lovers a little bit of romeo and juliet with a whole lot of poison mixed in yeah i think they do love each other but yeah. they love their families more yeah this is yeah. this is like the fatal flaw that's built into daryl dixon and i you know by way of that you know got leah as well the same the same concoction and it's that daryl has this thing where he cares more about his he cares more about everybody else his family than any than himself period it makes me a little bit mad all things considered you know when you've lived a life not for yourself already prior to the apocalypse probably you probably lived your life just to survive when everybody told you you're a, you're a dumb hick nobody idiot and then you move into the apocalypse where you have a family and it's great and you have people to live for the trajectory of daryl has always been you know i fight for my family i do this i do this for my family i, I get captured i stay st silent for my family i will cow to the powers that be to be to protect my family but then i get to the point where like okay when is daryl gonna think for himself think about himself when we were interviewing mo collins one of the questions was what does sarah want Mm -hmm. What does Daryl want? I think he wants his people to be safe. I'm like, I think I think Daryl would have a pretty similar answer to, to Moe's. I do. I think his main goal right now is making sure everybody is safe and threat. I don't think Daryl thinks much about himself. I don't think mm -hmm. he did before the apocalypse. I don't think he does now. 
I don't think he had the luxury. Uh, period. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it was because he was treated like shit or. I think that's his true heart. I think at, at the heart, he is a person that we would call the soul of a servant. Mm. He wants to help others yeah. and ensure that everybody else is taken care of and safe. And in doing so, he finds happiness and contentment in the, in that. What you're describing right now is is the, the, the kind of the tragic story is because the one person that can give him full contentment he is rejecting because of this. It, what become what is was normally an asset is a fatal flaw. And what? Well, and what, I don't know that she's the one that could that could bring him contentment. I think. Um, I mean, he just has to say I the word. I still think that there was more. He had to. He just had to stay. Put it that way. I mean, they bring it up Leo, in this episode. Leo if, was like Leo was his first. Yeah, you got to give him a little bit of a break. <laughs> you just got a better, deeper vibe between him and Connie. Than I ever got between him and Lee. I, I wouldn't even say that, but I would say like it was easy. It was easier. Yeah, it, well, and there's something to be said. It's less about intense. Easy. Yeah, there's something to be said about easy. Yeah, yeah I, I, one hundred, I one thousand million percent agree because that's kind of what I have right now. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll concede to that point. But here's the thing: who's to say that Daryl with Connie, he wouldn't do the same thing? He would deny himself in order to save his family. I mean, granted, Connie's not an ex-military, you know, you know with PTSD on that front fine but wouldn't the outcome be the same connie storming off and resentment regretting the day she ever she ever laid eyes on that motherfucker <laughs> daryl dixon well yeah if he shows up at alexandria with leah because i mean I, I keep thinking about what other people want what i as maybe a survivor in that camp would want for daryl like i would want him to be happy and yet he denies himself for me fuck you dude fuck you i want you to be happy so start living for yourself carol says this carol says this when it comes to connie she says dude uh Come on. <laughs> Life is too short. Tell her. Tell her how you feel. Yeah. 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 I, well, what, what do you guys think about this? Like, am I, am I crazy? Like, cause I, when I think of all of you, I want you to be happy, but I'm for damn sure going to try to make myself happy. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, who, who are we to say that Daryl's not happy doing this? Ah. Some people, I mean, some people mm. find their happiness <laughs> in the happiness of others. Right. I mean, yeah, but. Daryl didn't have a great life growing up from what we got just in the bits and pieces you know it was very abusive and things like that and merle wasn't the best big brother right and i think i really think that daryl he is the tragic hero but i do think that he gets happiness from taking care of people mm -hmm. yeah. i think he has finds happiness in in judith and, and in the kids and making sure they're safe and they're happy i don't think he feels like he has to have someone i think the experience of being with someone added another layer to him that that he probably is now thinking fuck i never should have done that to begin with i should have just stayed away from her cabin and quit throwing fish at her door <laughs> It should have saved the fish. I, I don't. I don't. Save I don't know that he thinks that, but I, I. I will break even and just say, what does a, someone like that know? If I'm happy just doing this, what's what's wrong with that? But I think again, where the response to that to that response is, nah, dude. Uh, it's, 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 there's more to life than just there's that. There's more. And you yeah. ought to take it. And, and and to deny yourself that is to bring on pain. I think that's that's really the answer. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just let's 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 make the distinction. I'm not saying right. This is a right or wrong thing. This is about <laughs> well. First of all, if you continue to deny, deny yourself the happiness, you will you are in turn in reflection denying somebody else that very happiness. You are denying a, a connectedness that is to be that you are forcibly in, uh, interrupting. And when people see, 
I mean, look at Leah when she detects that Daryl is off and she feels like Daryl is not telling, quite telling the truth. She's challenging it. How do you think she feels when, when he's denying himself her? So of course, when you feel like somebody's not being completely honest with you, you feel like something's wrong and you feel sad. There are times where I feel like I can't tell somebody something because of whatever, I, well, whether it's a surprise party or if I feel like I can't be completely honest, I feel shitty around them. I don't feel good about myself around them. I don't feel good about them when I'm around them sometimes. It depends on how I'm feeling about it. But yeah, when you feel like there's, you can't be completely open with somebody, it just makes you feel bad. But you have to think too, Daryl has seen relationships throughout the <laughs> apocalypse and they don't end right, well. Right, right. We talk about this too. You know, and, and, the one per- and the one person he had the very closest connection to, he thought died on that bridge. Oh, but yeah. you know, and then he felt respond. He saw you know Glenn and Maggie, and he felt responsible for that death. And then you know he saw Lori die, and then he saw the other Rick's chick, Jesse, um, Jesse, Jesse uh, Anderson, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And he saw you know Abraham die, and that was you know Rosita and Sasha's love. I think he has just seen that there's just so much death, and you know Michonne always said. Anger makes you weak, Anger stupid. Makes you stupid. Anger, Anger makes, makes you stupid. stupid and stupid make, get, get you killed. killed. And I think he thinks that about love. Love gets you killed, period. Old. Occam's razor. Well, 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 hey, he's not wrong. Killed. He's not no. wrong. Well, at least like but the it, evidence points to, right. <laughs> yeah. Love On the show, right at least. now. Daryl has a broad, a broad vision of the whole group. In the apocalypse, and anyway. I think if, he yeah. falls, if he gets too deep in a relationship, he'll have those blinders on and he won't see the peripheral of what's coming at him. Yeah. In the apocalypse, anyway, love does make you stupid. We can go all the way back to season two when Glenn is talking to Maggie. And the first time he goes out after she tells him that she loves him and he, he freezes. He freezes and isn't there to, to, to help Herschel and Rick when they're in the bar because he's thinking about Maggie and he kind of blames her for that too. So, I mean, Daryl's not wrong if that is what he's thinking. Love does kind of make you stupid and it it puts other thoughts in your head. Like now you're thinking about this one person instead of the people as a whole. This is kind of why I brought this up is because I think the show is going through this idea is like, oh, you think that, oh, you think that love is not the answer. But what if you deny yourself love? This is the answer. This whole mm-hmm. arc, this Leah Daryl arc, is the answer to what happens if you deny yourself love. Well, the, the resentment builds up. Uh, and the you, extreme and you make, end of it, right? And, and, you, and, you, make, and you make an enemy, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is where we come in and we just say, wait, guys, hold on. This is another philosophy asshole thing. Okay, <laughs> you go one, you go a little bit this way, the show's going to make you think this. And if you go a little bit that way, the show's going to make you... So there's no going around it. A, you have to love. This is this is just one of those things. When you are in love, just be in love. That's okay. You're going to lose her or him or they, but you can't. it's going to happen. But hey, you're a human being. It's going to happen. It, this is just like contrasting the Reapers with the Commonwealth. You know, kill them all, kill them all, kill all the motherfuckers. God said so. And then you go to the Commonwealth. It's like, come on, be a doughy piece of shit with us. Come on, come on, come on. Don't you want to? Well, don't I mean, you like TV? Do you like toilet paper? Yeah. What are you stupid? You too. In Leah's eyes, Daryl has chosen his family twice. His family twice now right. over his brother her. than mm-hmm. his family, right? And that's and she's like. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, sort of passively the second time, actively the first time. Like, okay. And and to the point where, again, like we... we well, actively the second time, too. We have to see from Leah's eyes what it would have been like if... Or Daryl's eyes, even. What it would have been like if Leah was the one throwing the knife at Maggie and taking her down. Now we would understand what Leah's going through. I think it would have been a little bit more fine had she had he have spared or at least given the guy a chance, the other Reaper a chance. Because I think Leah's looking at him and going, uh, how, what makes you any different than me? Daryl, you know, kill first, ask questions later. Why did they come after me? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> makes him different than Leah, except that Daryl's on our side. <laughs> and, 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 it, and But it, the thing that bugs me about this is that it could have been. It could have been. Like, he could have held back. He could have said... Killing the one, killing the guy? Yeah, the one remaining Reaper on the roof. Yeah, I was I was trying to pay attention um, the third time I watched. He he doesn't really do anything. It's not like he didn't no. reach for a weapon. He didn't like charge at that. He didn't do anything. He, he was just standing that, there like... He, he did have that squirrely like, panic, right? Yeah, like... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he was just like... Oh. What do I do? He didn't know what to do. He wasn't reaching for a weapon. But it's just like that Morales thing. Daryl just, just zero to 60. And, and thinking probably mistakenly, this is like where the dummy, dummy Daryl comes in. Like thinking mistakenly, oh, of course, we're in love. She's going to side with me. No, dude, you just killed her father. and Or she just, you just made her kill her father, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I even asked the question of like, you know, what happens if the Reapers come to the Commonwealth and realize they don't have to be this way? It doesn't have to be this way. They can be somewhat doughy pieces of shit. I don't know. Part of me thinks, okay, maybe some I of them would peel off. I don't know. I don't know. I, the only reason I say that is because they were this way before the apocalypse. They chose this yeah, life yeah. even during the real world. So yeah. they could have lived a doughy life, you know, pre-apocalypse <laughs> then, yeah. too. And they chose not to. So Which is funny. I, like They made more money, but to do what? Right, with that money, right? It really wasn't right. about the money, right? As a merc. I mean, this this is who they are. That's such this a shame. Is their nature. That makes me so and sad, but also makes me so scared. <laughs> think about it. They're like the adult versions of Lizzie. They're not gonna. Mm. They're not gonna change. Mm. This is, you know, I mean, Rachel said it right. This is who they were before. It's just them now on steroids, being led by this crazy man who said they were all chosen by god i think that's what makes know? me the saddest is is knowing that we're treading on a very very sensitive subject instead of treating someone's ptsd with marijuana or therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy or screen therapy or whatever kind of therapy instead going the other way and now we're seeing the natural conclusions of that and like yeah of course it can work if you put somebody like that in a constant warframe mentality they'll survive they'll thrive maybe even this is what they're used to this is what they're trained to do you know that's like programming right like lizzie like part of me is sad about that like a kid you know how do you kill a kid right how do you i mean i felt so much for carol in that moment like how do you kill a kid but you gotta you gotta or else he's gonna kill an, uh, a baby i think if there were going to be any redemption for the reapers I think Leah had it in that very moment because she could have said, Pope is dead. He was getting ready to kill y'all down below. He didn't care who was there or not. And I stopped him to save you. She had that opportunity and she just threw it out the window. Mm -hmm. So that tells me she doesn't care what else is out there. And I think that that answers really the question of why she killed Pope, by the way. He was getting ready to kill her family, just like Daryl had just killed another family member. So... Mm -hmm. It really put Leah in, a, like, between a rock and a hard place. Like, no, you both are wrong. If I am, let the, me do it my way. <laughs> if I am the female version of Daryl in this scenario, first of all, you, a, you killed my family member. Go fuck yourself. Because b, this other guy was going to kill the rest of my family members. So, what makes any of you right? And so, 
I'm, I feel like we need to close the book on this at this point. This is, this is what we do, people. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. But you came to us. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to close the book on this, I feel like this makes Leah a far more interesting character than some sort of binary choice that she had to make between Pope and Daryl. Because we don't know necessarily what's going to happen next. She lets Daryl escape, right? We, we all saw that. She kind of gives mm-hmm. him a little head start. Mm-hmm. Maybe she hopes he's going to make the right decision and never come back again. I personally don't think she's going to go after Daryl. I really don't. Is she going to go after Maggie somehow? Maybe. I don't I don't know. I feel like her, her, well, well, her raison d'etre with the Reapers, in my opinion, is to keep her family safe. But will she be willing to risk her family's safety in going after an enemy just like Pope, repeating the same history? That's the thing that I'm interested in. Don't you think the other Reapers are going to want revenge for... I mean, she told them that Daryl killed Pope. Don't you think the rest of them are going to want... To kill Daryl? Yeah, that was a huge mistake, too. I do. Right? I mean, you think about it. Right. Like, had she not said that? Had she have said, I killed Pope. Which, anything else. Which she anything. did. No, she yeah. should have yeah. said, I killed Pope. And here's he, why. Because yeah. as Elisa was saying, he, he was getting ready to kill all of you. He, yeah. I know he felt like he was ordained by God, but if there's nobody else to serve God, then what are we doing it for? Right. That's not should what Should I God have does. let him kill you? Yeah. No, of yeah. course not. So yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> she had the opportunity at that point to stop everything. But maybe this goes to what we've learned about Leah in the past is that she <laughs> is that in the face of Daryl making the wrong decision, you know, in the past in uh, Find Me, you know, she stormed off and just, you know, and look, I don't blame her. I really don't. This is the apocalypse, baby. You're going to die. You can't, sp- first of all, you can't spend six years looking for a guy and suddenly go, well, maybe one more day. No, she's present. She's like, dude, it's been six years, dude. It's been six years. Stop. Stop. Give up. Stay with me. If you, if he happens to wash up, maybe we'll go every, every other month and you can look at you. You can look for your guy who's not here. He's not here. But you know, mm-hmm. just to entertain, just to kind of wean you off of him. Yeah. Let you up. stay, stay. He made the wrong decision. I, I, and I don't blame her. Honestly, don't blame her. That's like the most foolish mistake in the world, especially in a dead world. There's only so much happiness out there. Just fucking stay with the lady. No, you fucked up, son. I know I know he ran back and I'll give him another chance. Oh, he's our guy. All right, whatever. Well, we'll find out how many of our people make it out of there. Yeah. And dog. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's, dog. That's, that's the big question. That's dog. the big that's question. That's the most important is it, person right is there. Is it the most important yes. person? Yes, person. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Dog is people. Pod- podcast over. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> and David quits. Like, I, I, I quit. quit. Dog Dog is the most important. That's for you, Meg. That's for you, Meg. Dave quits. Yep. Wait. Everybody? Oh, we got Dave to quit. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. We really did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is like a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> I really I can't get this thing to stay upright because I got I got melodramatic and, and <laughs> you got excited. <laughs> Listen, I, I I I I embraced my drama roots and I I decided to do some play acting. Oh God, how funny! I just want to say one thing. Note what she said: dog, dog is the most dog is the most people. important person. Okay, let's move on. Yep. <laughs> Dog is people. people. That's right. Dog is people. Dog is ask a- any ask any dog, they'll tell you they're a person. That, well, if I start hearing dogs speak, yeah, this this is going to be a very interesting podcast. <laughs> hey, our dogs, all, all of our dogs think they're peoples. 
That's right. That, you got it. I will agree with that. That <laughs> makes, oh, and I, it's so entertaining to watch. <laughs> they like to lug. So, so like, oh so like, we, we, we love it when kids get locked in basements and get eaten too. We love eating babies. And then dogs are people. Good night, everybody. Yes. <laughs> it's been a great podcast. You heard it Barrel here first. Babies. Barrel eat babies. Uh, I wonder if all that footage is going to make the the final cut. <laughs> <Could be laughs> throwing the camera, bringing it at back least up. you gotta you gotta keep some of it. Yeah, it's gotta get you, you gotta. Go, right? Yeah, it was right. too good. <laughs> it's never happened on the show, I don't think. Uh, and you know, four four <laughs> years later, happy anniversary, right? I really enjoyed watching Rosita. Yeah, I think I, I, I think yeah. everybody I was worried does. about her going out there, but. They bring a smile to your face like it's bringing to mind? It did. I mean, she really reminded me, and I think that's what everybody was thinking, is when they saw the the preview of that image in the doorway, wow, it did remind you of Michonne. Um, Too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. I got a a different image in my head. Of Close Your Eyes from Fear the Walking Dead, Alicia? Alicia Alicia in the doorway. Sharon is mentioning it, too. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's just because, you know, we like it. was it. it, Well, (laughs) honestly, I think it's because of the way she was holding the weapon in her hand. Hmm. It looked just like Alicia's muzzle thing, you know, down by her side. Right. Not like a sharp sword thing. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I, yeah. I will mention I, I we did do a recap of that episode. Uh, Close your eyes and fear the Walking Dead. It's uh, episode four ten. One of the few recaps that I actually did that you know I loved and I enjoyed covering. So, but yeah, I mean that badass imagery. The one thing I will note about that scene is it reminded me of two simultaneous things. One very recent thing, which is Daryl in the that that train car sequence where he kind of goes John Wick in Asheron Part mm-hmm. Two. And I say that because it's it's similar in movement and also in soundtrack. I'm listening on the headphones just a few minutes, you know, an hour ago, and I'm thinking like, yeah, this is another one of those scenes where our our characters are getting these tribute montages that the that the filmmakers are going, yeah, let's give them something, let's give them a like going out like now now I'm seeing like the edit like of Daryl going through the train car, Rosita killing the walkers in my head, like this is gonna make people's you know jizz crazy like on the internet right now. <laughs> I can't wait till the end of the series where like they cut all these sequences together, which everybody's undoubtedly going to have. It's going to be like an HJM edits on crack. So, and I'm also, I'm going to steal that goddamn music and I'm going to put it in the background as, as the, as these episodes close out. Cause I did that with Daryl's theme music uh, from Ashram part two. So nice. you'll, you'll see that in this episode for sure. But okay. So going to that scene, what did you, what, what did you feel about that? How did you, what did you like about that the most? The, Rosi- about, the Rosita scene. The Rosita? Just the Rosita yeah. scene. Uh, you know, it was really kind of the first time <laughs> that we have seen her, but the Rosita thing that we've seen her get back into her kick-ass mode since she's had the baby. Mm-hmm. She got really sick. Like Alana said, you know, Rosita got her groove back. <laughs> this is really the first time we have seen her back in that warrior mode. Yeah. You know, Rosita, Rosita Princess Warrior. Personally, my favorite part was that no one argued with Rosita about going outside. She's like, yeah. on my count, guys, let me out. And they're like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Girl, you do, I, and you I do loved thing. it. I loved it when she, I loved it when she came back in and she just looked at him and go, "Stay away from the stay windows." Away from the window. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I, I was waiting for her to look at, straight at Gracie and like have an yeah, awkward stare. Right. Yeah, Gracie. Right. Stay away from the windows. It's all your fault. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how this started. So that was the first thing I said, okay, that reminds me of the Daryl scene in Asheron Part 2, but then it reminded me of what Aiden mentioned, actually, I was going to say that before, uh, reminiscent of Rick storming mm. outside during uh, No Way Out as well. Is that when the, this, yeah, that's when they come back from the mid-season break and Alexandria is being overrun by walkers and the Sam Anderson gets his head bit off like an apple and such. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's what I was thinking as well. Like that, cause that whole montage of them like on set, cause it's clearly on set. There's a black background and they're just whacking at the camera. Good. Like as if they're whacking walkers away and they, yeah. and they clear them all out cause they were getting overrun by the wolves and everything that reminded me of that as well. But like with a storm in the background, how nice. Yeah. I mean, and it's it, still Alexandria. Yeah. How about that? It was it was very much you know, but it was really kind of her shining moment, a throwback to the to the way she was pre Coco. I maybe and, even and more, I'm sure, and I'm sure some of that was Mama Bear instincts. I've got to protect my child and the other children in here. But it was nice to see that she still had that wherewithal and that primal nature to go out and just kick some ass. In, in an effort to be the mama bear and to the, protect the kids in the house. Honestly, I, f- um, I feel like it's a redemptive moment for her too. Because, well, for both Christian Serratos and R- Rosita Espinosa, right. in the sense right. that where because we kept seeing her train in the beginning of se- season 10 and she's all gung-ho and Gabriel's doing whatever and... Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you know, you see her training. Gabe's taking care of the baby. Eugene's taking the ba- care of the baby. And you know what happens in the first fight scene that she 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 has? She's squaring off against the most implacable enemy ever, right? Beta. Right. <laughs> and you know she gets her ass Poor handed Rosie. to her. She's in. She's taken out for basically the rest of the season because of it. Yeah. And, and then proceeds to not feel well. Apparently, you know. So it was nice <laughs> to see that that training in action for in mm-hmm. and i think that i think the fans actually had criticisms of, of like okay she what? went through all that training yeah she went through all that training at the beginning of the season and oh. and they practically threw that what was that all that for what was all that for oh, I got you. we I never got, got to you. use it not really and so yeah. like you know having her come back and have this scene it's kind of like okay uh, all right oh uh, okay well i, I mean we've... the math adds up now <laughs> this goes back to what we were saying before too though like everyone everyone in the apocalypse should be able to fight what is it for it's to save your life when you need it that's what right. it's for like the, yeah right Everyone needs to be training and learning. Oh, my God. You know what? We just stumbled into a parallel that I I hadn't really thought of talking about. But like when Paul Wells, you know, of the Reapers is going out there going, yeah, I could take this. Yeah, I've seen that guy take take out many walkers, blah, blah, blah. You know, many situations before, you know, I've seen him take 11 11 walkers in under a second. I don't know what the hell they said on the show. But (laughs) but basically saying, oh, you know, this guy knows this and there's a no Rosita is the real deal. Rosita is the real deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And she made it. He didn't. I'm most concerned right now for Lydia. <laughs> what is that about? Because I'm because I'm, I'm most concerned about Connie. Yeah. Okay. So well, you know. Oh, okay. Let's let's go back to that. But like, I like what Aiden says here. Like, I was going to talk about that as well. How Paul, uh, how Wells actually kind of goes out like Jesus when he first meet, first meets. A oh whisperer. yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a little bit yeah. of a callback to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nicely absolutely. done. Thank you, yeah. Aiden. I was going to not talk about that at all. Jeez. I'm hoping that Lydia is the one who pulls the walkers from the house. Because she was the last one upstairs holding the door. Mm-hmm. She knows how to turn the horde. And I'm hoping that 
we're able to see that she does that as opposed to meeting her demise. Oh, um, you think you think that's a possibility? Is that what people are saying? That that's a possibility? She might meet that her, she's gonna meet die. End? Well, every, I'm hell. You never know. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of folks die this season. It's mm. just a matter of who's gonna go first. It's good to know where people are. At, think what people are thinking mentally. What could happen? Mm. The assumption that everybody's get the, the massive amount of cast members are gonna die this season. It's that's not what a. It's not that's a what the, not misleading thought. thought. <laughs> Um, and I think it's just a matter of we're all kind of rolling dice on who's going to go first. Had Aaron gone to the windmill to try to put out the fire, I would have thought it was going to be him. Because I could see where that could be a point injecture of he takes Gabriel's death, where he like falls over and hangs upside down. And then um, gets gets gutted by a reaper or something? Right, it's, that's a, that's many days away, gets, actually. Or just gets He'd be out there alive, a long time. Right, or, or just gets eaten alive by walkers, yeah, like he's yeah. hanging upside down in a precarious position yeah. and can't fight for himself. But he did. He went to mend the fence. Right. So I'm hoping that Lydia kind of saves the day and is able to get a walker, get a mask on, and steer the walkers out of the house. Because I'm sitting there going, how long is it going to take for that basement to flood? It's close your eyes. You know? Remember, close your eyes. That that was another yeah. tick in that box of close your eyes, like how the basement flooded that in that episode. Again, mm-hmm. Fear the Walking Dead, four ten. Well, it's mm-hmm. a great episode. It is. But let's talk about Aaron for a second, because another parallel that I saw, and this is a what was great about this parallel is you saw it immediately after the other scene. So the, in the one scene, Pope is saying how. He admits, okay, he kind of knew Maggie's people were out there and he sacrificed Paul to have that confirmed. And in the very next scene, Aaron is talking about what needs to be done. We need three groups, one to protect this place, one to mend the fence, and one to put out the fire at the windmill, right? Gracie's like, why does it always have to be you? Why can't you stay behind? And Aaron goes, (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't be fair of me to ask someone to do something I wouldn't do myself. And now you get to immediately see the differences between Pope and Aaron, the differences in leadership. And and you see that in the scene that Aaron is talking about duties as well. How many people want to pitch in instead of waiting for orders to pitch in? People Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I want to do this. And then if you had said that in the Reaper camp, you'd be like, no, God said do that. (laughs) but like but you get to see the clear it's like it's like narrative for dummies that the the contrasting philosophies between alexandria like and almost like campus colony in a way like okay we kind of agree by negotiation we kind of all want the same thing we want to be safe we want to be fed we don't all want to kill our enemies immediately you know (laughs) we don't regard everyone immediately as our enemy but you know we're we tend to be safe we all want what's best in our interest no in reaper camp it's kind of like hey po Hey, but what did God say today? <laughs> what? Oh, that's great. Oh, where do you want to me to lick your boot? Oh, here? Of course. If that's what God wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Gracie kind of has a point a little bit, though. It's this weird thing where like, okay, well, listen, Captain Kirk, you don't always have to go on the away mission. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's you're you're not supposed to technically the rule book says, Captain Kirk, you're actually supposed to stay on the ship so you can run operation. Yeah. I'm doing a Star Trek reference, okay? You know, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, Captain. So, you know, according to Star Trek, in the you know, in the captain's, you know, in the rule book, you're not supposed to go on the away mission. But Captain Kirk always went on the away mission. What the fuck? I guess yeah. Who's the hero? Why you gotta be a hero, Captain Kirk? Why you gotta be a hero, Aaron? But Gracie, Billy, don't be a hero. But Aaron is. <laughs> but Gracie is kind of right a little bit too. Like why? Why does it always have to be you, Aaron? Well, I think didn't Judith ask that to um, to Daryl? 
when they were having the hilltop war and she wasn't she trying to get him to stay inside wasn't it when she gave him back his uh she gave his vest, vest with the wing on it some, they was, had a conversation yeah, I, I there something like that yeah well, i guess they yeah. were both trying to convince each other to stay inside yeah. i mean i guess stay in this house carl <laughs> it's a little call back there yeah. right <laughs> there is a mirror reflection moment again gracie has it here in this episode but carol i think has the same conversation with aaron not too many episodes prior when they're mending the fence he has his little hammer time moment with the walker <laughs> anyway but like he's saying yeah you have one arm what the what are you doing what do you you well, you can't pull that straight you're just doing it so you feel like you're doing something aaron but you're really not pulling that that rope okay okay you're not you're not doing it do something else <laughs> And Carol's trying to tell him, like, okay, listen, why is Virgil listening to what they have to say and then and Aaron not, right? Virgil, uh, Virgil's clearly hurt. He's not able to go outside and do any of these things. And he says, okay, yeah, I, I'm not going to be stubborn. I'll be useful where I can be useful. Aaron, no, no, I have one hand. I have a daughter. No, let's put myself in danger. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, say, no, the opposite isn't always true. Like, okay, I, I'm with Aaron's heart all the way as evidenced by the Mary debate that we had about baby Adam and, and Alden mm. and that whole situation. I'm sure I, I'm invested with all like, I kind of want to be safe. Isn't he the only man there? Well, wait, where's Jerry? Virgil's there. What does that mean? Virgil's wounded. <laughs> Virgil doesn't count. I mean, he has wounded. So where's, where's Jerry and the other folks that were there? Maybe mm. they're in another, in another house. house, I guess. In another yeah. house. But then why is Nabila there? Right? Well, Nabila's there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> May, okay, maybe Jerry is with the babies. He's just in another room. He was with the screaming children. <laughs> and that's why and that's why the women had to go check on the babies. Isn't that what like, Barbara's I'm going to go for? get the babies. Barbara's like the the, the town appointed babysitter, I, right? Barbara was out Barbara was out in the in the living room with everybody else. Right. Well, the babies are screaming. No wonder the walkers were draw, being drawn in. I feel It wasn't like... Gracie's fault. It was Coco's fault. Wait, let's let's <laughs> let's think for a second though. Let, couldn't Jerry be somewhere else? or Because who else is maybe not accounted for in this scenario? There were several other guys that were there. Oh, yeah, I Scott. Where's Scott? Scott. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, you know, when the walkers breached the wall and Jerry was standing at the toilet peeing, and he comes running through the house. Guys, get up, get up, get up, get up, you know? So there were was, several other guys. Was Jerry eating off screen? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Sorry. No, yeah. God forbid. <laughs> Maybe they were, you know, held up in another house or something. Maybe. But I, I mean, I hope we see those people uh, in some sort of other scene. And maybe this goes to what somebody was saying. I think it was Alania. Or who said this? I don't know. I, mean, I thought it was maybe one of you, but like saying how Angela Kane couldn't do everything that she wanted to do because of COVID restrictions. So maybe that, they had to yeah, limit. Yeah, it was either Aiden or Alania. Yeah, had one, said one of that, you two yeah. had said in the chat. Yeah, okay, Aiden. Aiden had said that. Aiden did. Okay. So it could well be that, okay, they ran out of people they could stuff into this this interior scene, mm -hmm. and Jerry, Jerry was the odd man out. Maybe Jerry was, again, maybe you're right. Jerry is probably already upstairs with one of the babies, or, or the other children. I mean, Jerry has his own children, so they, yeah. they might all be up there. Yeah, there's a whole lot of children. No judgments. <laughs> it's just a lot of babies. <laughs> That's okay. They're building a future. Oh. The future needs kids. Well, the future needs people, and people start as kids. So. Okay, and speaking of, <laughs> you, you'll have a, a little chuckle about this, but I have an ongoing gripe with Anthony Azor, who plays R.J. Grimes. I, w I was going to bring this up if you didn't. So 
My classic reaction to Anthony Azor's acting is, first of all, this kind of hesitant, like, it's not that good. But then, like, I don't want to criticize children and actors. It's like, again, I don't know, the world is full of child actors. Maybe you could have picked a better one. But anyway, so <laughs> you guys know me. I don't like kids being killed on shows. I don't like, you know, I don't feel good about it. And so I have feelings towards children. So I do feel bad when I say this, but I have to say it because I see it and I have to say it but I just have to also express that I don't feel easy about it, right? Well, I did like him this episode. I think he did a great job. I did, yep. I did feel something when he delivered that line. So you'll be happy to know that I have a soul. I even uh, said it in my reaction. I said, dogs oh. still aren't people. Way to deliver that <laughs> Anthony line. Anthony Azor is a, that was a really, really well done. Good job. I felt like a, and I will say. Beautiful inflection. He did sort of, great. To sort of do a backhanded compliment, if we're going to do this, I feel like that take took many because I feel like maybe they went back and forth a couple times and they went, they were like, okay, Anthony, I'm going to sit down. Okay, Anthony, I want you to do this. I want you to do exactly what I'm doing so you don't have to yep. think about it too much. Okay. Yeah. Well, we yeah. know they watch our show. So. Make your, make your face really, <laughs> no, if they do, I'm sorry. I really, really am. I don't mean to criticize you. I know you will get it right at some point, but and and maybe did. this he was it. Great. Yeah, there you go. He did great. But I feel like, I feel like the, what they did was like, okay, now. Pretend your face is completely slack, okay? That see, that's good, right? Just, just don't make your mouth just not move. Be the ventriloquist. I miss her. Perfect. Done. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> We're learning storycraft. <laughs> no, I, re I really, I know, I'm just making a production of this, but I, I really did. I did. I did feel it. I, I liked it. He, the perfect amount. The eyes were at the right spot, looking at the right thing, off, off in the distance, going, "I miss her." And then, yeah, I did feel it. And they were talking about Virgil and Judith were talking about Michonne as well. That was kind of nice. I liked that as well. That, that was that was a great pull out moment. Yeah. You know, in the chaos of everything going around them, it was a nice calming moment for judith the calm before you know she's a tough little kid she hasn't until the last you know well until this season really dealt or processed any loss that she's experienced and i think it's just kind of all kind of come overwhelmingly on her and the moments with her and rosita yeah, and then people. the fact that the last person who was with her mom is sitting there saying I see her in you. I think she needs that. I mean, gosh, Kaylee's an amazing little actress. It's been really good to see her evolution over the course of the seasons. But yeah, in the calm of moment of the storm, it was really good for that dialogue between Virgil and her. Yeah, yeah. Because I think she, I think she was feeling from the episode with the boys at the fence picking on her and bullying her. I think she was starting to feel fragile, and now. I can't go help. They don't need me. And I think, you know, he was telling her, you know, you're as strong as what your mom. And I see that in you. And I wonder when Kaylee or Judith is going to have more of an active fighting role, let's say. But kind of like in the way that Carl sort of started having around these reflections that we're having of old Alexandria, where you know, around the time of 608 to 609, like where Carl started stepping into this role of like actually fighting and, and stuff like that. So maybe Kaylee will show up maybe a little bit more in these scenes. But so Aiden thinks that Gabe is going to be the first death. So who are y'all's bets on? You know, it's funny that you mentioned Gabe because I had read an article about 
that whole interaction with Reaper Preacher and why mm-hmm. it was A, spooky, but B, well, it, they didn't mention that the prayers were the same, not like we did. The mm-hmm. prayers that they said were the same mm-hmm. exact ones. So mm-hmm. we're awesome and they're not. No, but I, I but this, this actually came from a Screen Rant article and Screen Rant is very well known for panning The Walking Dead. Or at least the writers, most of the writers were, are, have been well known for to pan the series, right? Especially like in the latter seasons. But it was really great to read this one because not only did they actually in praise of Father Gabriel, but like like typically a character that people like to poop on, and then a a, a typically a, a an outlet that likes to poop on The Walking Dead not only does not do that, but they praise uh, Father Gabriel. So it's like this weird reversal, a yin yang. And so to read why he spares him, according to the article, and I'll link it in the blog when we release it. They basically say that he spares him because he sees that if this guy can have faith and I'm willing, so willing to let go of my faith, you know, seeing what's out here, then why can't I hold on to my faith? That's the crux of the article. It's like, you know, if this guy can still hold on to his faith in, you know, in this dead world and he is who he is, basically a bunch of crazy psycho killing assholes, well, why <laughs> can't I hold on to my faith? Especially when, you know, when I'm fighting to feed my family and protect my people, you know, I'm fighting like a righteous cause, like some something that Gabe has said in prayer uh, over the course of many seasons. My house is a tower, like the, that weird modification of that that passage. God's house is a tower, I think that's, that's what it was. It was yeah. episode 1016, I think it was, yeah. And, and, and then well, 1017, he's, or 1018, or whatever it is with one more. Yeah, I don't believe in God anymore. What, what happened? What happened, Gabe? What, you just, my God's house is a tower. What, what, ha- what happened, bro? <laughs> I don't know, anyway. I think that whole scene was meant to to make us question that too. Like, was he looking at Gabe? Was it? But but ultimately, I don't think he saw him or knew he was there. Me too. Be- because um, oh, because of what you said, yeah, in the last episode. Yeah. What did I? Say? What you did said I say? the reason why they called Leah and Daryl back was because oh. Reaper Preacher told him that uh, Gabe was at, oh yeah, we spotted a scout oh. and Maggie's people are coming. Oh, that was that was Sharon Day. Sharon Day had, oh, had okay. pointed that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't think that's, that's the case. These two religious characters have the opportunity to become more than what these other people are doing. They have the potential uh-huh. to be more than just our counterparts, more than just killing. And who is he mourning after too? Like, is he mourning after his own people, or is he, or is he praying for the people for the Meridians who lost their lives, Maggie's people? That's another thing I was thinking about when he was near the graves. He's saying I, this I, prayer about the people who got to escape a calamity. These righteous people will be. Yeah. Will be taken away before the calamity co- arrives. And I wonder if the the graves that he wa- was standing by were Maggie's people because yes, exactly. Oh, that's what I meant by by meridians. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as far oh, as we know, shit. only one. Well, Turner and Bossy are the only two Reapers that we know of, anyway, who had died. And there right. were a lot more than just two markers out there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And you know I what agree. else? You know what else? Okay. What was the thing? that the other Reaper had asked Father Gabriel to do for his enemy. Pray for him. And what is Reaper Preacher doing? Praying for his enemies. Yeah. Oh, yep. Which is solved. We went deeper, people. We made deep. Woo! Here you go. Here you go. Eat it up. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? That made me suddenly so, so sad, both for Father Gabriel and like for just the concept of like, if this guy can pray for my enemies, why couldn't I? Going back to one more, even mm-hmm. if when he was telling the tale about the preacher, this charismatic preacher at the funeral, and he was saying, I don't know if I believe. It didn't matter if that man believed in that moment. He did it because he wanted to comfort these people and he knew that he had the juice, <laughs> he yeah. had, the, had the Jesus juice. But I, I mean, <laughs> he's saying it doesn't matter if you believe. Doing this work says something about 
you. What you are willing to impart on the world is what you want the world to reflect back into the world, essentially. So, and this is this has been my philosophy for for the longest time. I don't believe in karma for shit. I really don't. I, I really, do. I don't know. But wait, I, there's 100%. always there's always a butt with me. Just wait for that part. Yeah, you and your big butts. <laughs> yeah, my big butt cannot lie, and I'll tell you what my big butt says. My big butt says I, I don't believe in karma because I don't believe that you ought to receive good things if you put good out in the world. I do though believe that good things are like ripples, and ripples in ponds, and there are reeds, and then there are lily pads, and there are frogs, and that you know with enough ripples in the world you. You can change things. And I do believe when, when you see a smile from others, you tend to want to smile. Also, when you see somebody yawn, you tend to want to yawn, right? So I, I do think what you put out in the world, if, if enough people see that smile and enough people, you know, do the things that other people might pick that cool thing up and do the things too. Now, that doesn't mean people won't do shit. See, I'm not, you know, I'm not falling. See, it has to be a real one. But if other people do the shit. I've been yawning. <laughs> <laughs> But if if they do if they do good, other people might do good. But if you don't do good, well, it lessens the chances, right? And when when Gabe sees Reaper Preacher doing unto others, his enemies, Pope's enemies, when he gives them that comfort or that prayer for the afterlife, I hope these people were righteous and that they escaped the calamity. It gets Gabe to think, oh, what was I? What what am I doing? What 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 but did I become? Does, but that does set him up to be the first one to die. Ah, because... kind of what they're saying in the chat. Some of them. Oh, or actually, they well, were saying Negan. Well, actually, I I, I saw well, that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, Aiden said Aiden said Gabe, yeah. and it does set him up because now he's had this enlightenment. He's going to go back to that faith, and I think that sets him up to be the first one to go. I don't think Negan's going to die as soon as everybody's expecting, because he has still been going back and forth filming down there. <laughs> um, Maybe he's directing. You don't know. <laughs> we, we have seen... Uh, we have seen... Seth everywhere. Mm. Seth and Aaron are everywhere. And they're everywhere without mask and they're hugging. And that mm. gives me pause for thought because the studios are so strict on them that just makes me concerned of where they're at right now. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mm. listen, but we always have to give the disclaimer that none of that means anything. In fact, That's true. just so you all know, they are currently filming principal photography for uh, episode 16. They're closing out the second third. The second trimester. I like what Sharon D is saying in the chat. Rosita was having a dream that Abe died, but what if it's Gabe, not Abe. You got the wrong <laughs> Abe. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's because of his faith that he's not going to be as quick to kill, but he was up there awful trigger happy with that sniper rifle. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying, so, too. Like, you know, what, what's to become of eager trigger face? Well, I first of all, the smile on his face when he found it was great. Great. Know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because I, I love what this character's become a little bit. I like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I'll admit, when people go clear Morgan, like, oh, I want to see clear Morgan again, I'm, I go, what? Are you sadistic? What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, if I, you, oh, you want to see a man suffer? Okay. But then I'm like, okay, Gabe hasn't been through that. So I'd be like, okay, when I see Gabe break a little bit of bad, I'm like, 
oh, all right, I can I can go for a little bit more of that, okay, until it becomes a problem, <laughs> mentally speaking. <laughs> and it is sort of becoming a problem. Like, I don't know. It's one thing to kind of protect your people and be eager about it. And, you know, like, you know, by God is a, God's house is a tower, is it, all that, whatever. It's great. But until it starts becoming a problem, like, oh, am I on the right, am I doing the right things? Am I not giving people a chance? I, I mentioned this at the beginning of this episode, how I like how we got to focus basically on one and a half of the events. Like, you know, mainly we stuck with the Reapers subplot. And then we went sort of back to Alexandria, keeping it very slim, no Commonwealth whatsoever, which kind of like leaves the field open for when we return, we'll probably hit the Commonwealth first because that'll piss everybody off, kind of leaving mm-hmm. us on a pseudo cliffhanger about the... The watcha, you know that. What, what the what? What is that going to do? And is it going to turn Did our group Maggie into Swiss take cheese? one to the dome? We don't know. <laughs> Any, well, I mean, everybody has, has the opportunity to get hurt in this one, but yep. of course they're not going to go back to. Well, I say that they may do that. You never know. But I feel like they're they're going to go back to the Commonwealth media because they left us off there from in the lap, last episode to quite the cliffhanger. Like, okay, what's going to happen with Eugene? He goes, mm-hmm. but wait, Taterberg says wait, you know, and then you know he's going to give away. At, well, this could be the moment where the Commonwealth comes and rescues the gang. So maybe it's not Lydia that turns the horde, but maybe Mercer and his gang comes up and cleans house and says, hey, we saved you. Now pay us or be slaves in our Commonwealth <laughs> or something. Like you know what what that guy says. Yeah, Lance Horn. <laughs> Be slaves. Be slaves. Be slaves, Alexandrian. Oh my gosh. Go scoop ice cream. Go uh, deliver the mail. Or go Go, outside uh, of Lawton and uh, pick up feces and stuff. Go burn burn our (laughs) shit. Uh, oh, sh- look at look at what Sharon uh, say. Sharon sings, "Damn it, Maggie, better not die." I'm like, okay, okay. What? That's it. That must I be like a typo. That, that must be a typo. Damn it, Maggie, better not die. What? The I fuck think she did? meant Maggie better die sooner. No, That's what she, she said she said clearly. <laughs> she said no typos this time whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, you would know from the typos. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's because she wants. To- it's because she wants the hate bang to happen. This is not yet. It had the the hate yeah. bang. Yeah, exactly. There you go. The hate bangs yeah. have to happen. Okay, okay. Yep. She just wants to see me go absolutely and i'm i'm it's not gonna be pretty well, then I, you, if this happens so let me give you a couple things so i may, can't did you enjoy mm. did did you enjoy it when maggie was emerging from the, the meridian wall <laughs> under garbage like oscar the grouch maggie comes out first but maggie and the gable yeah. come out from the shit pile that's in meridian yeah so oscar the like grouch. oscar the grouch <laughs> so, oh. sesame street yeah. Hey, whoa, wise guys, you taking over my town? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm grouchy. <laughs> so no, I th- funny. I thought um no, when I saw that I was like at, at at first I was a little confused. I'm like, "Oh, of course she knows where they are. This is her fucking place." Like yeah, Exactly. Yeah, she yeah. knows exactly where they are. <laughs> Daryl's like, "Go over there." I'm like, "Yeah, she knows." <laughs> this is like just like Alpha. This is where I like having sex. It's a latrine. <laughs> and, and Gabriel's like, really? <laughs> Look me up. And I'm, and I'm just kidding. I'm into women leaders, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, Rosita, Jadis, I mean, Anne. Who's uh, not? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Sharon, he's like, quote, I like it dirty. <laughs> you guys had brought this up earlier, and we kind of have to talk about this a little bit, but mostly in jest about Connie going off with Carol. <laughs> okay. However, oh. however, however, wasn't it kind of sweet taking out a little bit moment, another port in the storm where Connie says, hey, can I go with Carol? I'd like to go with Carol. She doesn't offer. She says, I'm going with Carol. I'm going with Carol. Yeah. And Carol having her little moment going like, it's almost like the instant, like she's touched by it. Like you felt that, right? You felt that she mm-hmm. like, 
that spirit of relief glossing over yes, her when, eyes in, in the form of when tears. Connie's like, I'm going with Carol. Either that or she's going to push Carol off the windmill. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> she can try. I, don't I think did though. So. I, I heard, I heard, I heard what you're talking about though, that Dave. Feeling Connie, of kind of like when, Con- <laughs> yeah, Connie said, "I want to." Yeah, said, "I'm, I'm going to go with Carol." And Carol said, "Thank you." Like it, she yeah. was like, "Oh, th- you know, yeah." I heard, I heard, I definitely but you could heard it. Feel in her, it in her eyes. Her eyes kind of, kind of did the kind of like, you know, like welling up, <laughs> welling up with tears. It's kind of cool. But, yeah, and it, it was. I hope it keeps going too, because I wonder if more is going to come out of this, or if this is all they make of it. It's like, okay, this silent acknowledgement that no, Carol, it's not your fault. And what's funny is, you know, uh, Connie and Kelly have basically forgiven Carol for what happened. Magna seems to be the only one that's still kind of yeah. bitchy about yeah. it, holding on. Well, and I, here's, I don't the, blame here's her the thing. Here's the thing. I think Magna's more upset with herself and projecting onto Carol. Yeah, that's what I said. That, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. survivor's guilt kind of thing. I got absolutely out that neurosis of like, you know, it's not. It can't be my fault. It can't be my fault because if it is. You know, then I have to hate myself. And yeah, well, and I, she does. Was. Yeah, I think she does. Yeah. But I think she's trying to avoid that by putting on to somebody else. She's like, first well, yeah, of all, she doesn't want any, she she doesn't want anyone else to blame her for what happened. She blames herself. She doesn't want anyone else to blame her. So she's putting it all on Carol. Yeah, or or like a little bit it, at least, like enough, 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 enough. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't, because yeah. you don't see her being like nasty to Carol. She's like, no, no, no. If no. you could, Carol, please, could you not take Kelly? Maybe, could you yeah. not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, she's nice about it, but she's like, she knows where she's at. She's clear on what how she stands, but she's not. It's not all her fault. And maybe she's a little bit upset for like almost getting killed under a mountain of walkers. Maybe Magna is upset for herself on top of yeah. being upset about Connie. Sure. But, yeah, you know. but I think, you know, but Connie's just kind of like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I survived the ferals. I can, I can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I can handle, I can handle, I survived the ferals. I can handle Carol. These folks are dead. The other ones were crazy yeah. as alive yeah. you know and trying to eat me yeah i i would be okay if they kind of silently glossed over at this point this point i'd be okay i'd like it if they went into it a little bit more because this might this might not be over yet this this whole carol chapter of how they she could have gotten connie killed and magna killed and maybe even kelly for looking for them killed i don't know do, mm-hmm. do you think having that moment between connie and carol will kind of put a tight in a that's what I'm saying. T- uh, kind of tie a, a bow on it, and I'm not end sure. The, end the I'm, whole thing. I'm not sure. I o- I only say this. Okay, that's. I'm glad you pushed me on this because I'm not sure. Because uh, in light of the fact this is the final season, maybe want to we want to put other we want to start moving on and putting other narratives up front rather mm-hmm. than this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice to see. Look, it's nice to kind of have a continuation. Like I like seeing these little threads play out throughout. I I'm a good. I love that about some series where that little tiny thread that you just kind of have to keep your eye on. While these big things are going on around it, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. But then I can see easily see, okay, let's let's make a little bit more room for all this story we want to cram in for season. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Not to you, mention it's the last one. So we wanna we wanna right. use every single minute exactly how, how we wanna see it. You know what I mean? Like you you can't waste a, a minute in the last season. As as the poet said, ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. That's right. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. And now we're playing a clip. <laughs> and, 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 and I think Aiden says I think Magna forgives her. She gives her that hug in eleven oh three. She just doesn't want Kelly getting her hopes up because it, it looks more and more unlikely. Right, right. And but here we are, which is great. It's great. And maybe we can close that book. It might get used again. It might bring up again. We did see flashes of PTSD in Connie's.
Daisy's eyes, you know, when when it came to the Pharaohs. Oh yeah. So that might that that part might not be over. Carol may still feel a little bit responsible for that. Who knows? It may even affect her relationship with Daryl somewhere along the way. Who knows? Does Connie not know what happened to the last person that ventured out with Carol? <laughs> I that's the joke, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. But you know, think people can change, right, uh, Maggie? <laughs> it was, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't even Carol's fault. It's just like no, being no. with Carol is bad luck. <laughs> you risk your life. Yeah, yeah, because Carol has plot armor and nobody else does. So right. don't stand next to her outside. <laughs> don't stand. Don't stand. Don't stand so too close, close to me. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to play the whole verse. Sorry. One of the things we said in this episode, and we've been doing for the last couple episodes, is that information that pops up here makes us think about prior episodes. And one mm-hmm. thing I, I kind of need to revisit just before we go, I think we're about to, Elijah. Okay, first of all, I feel bad for him. He's not having a good day. <laughs> but, no, he's not. But I wonder now, there's two things I wonder now. One, was he a reaper? I'm thinking not. I'm feeling I'm not. not, right? After all of this. Agreed. However, there's that one little tooth that needs to be pulled. And it's something that he says in the last episode, which is, and him, save that guy for me. Or that the one. Save the that, one. Save that he's one. He's mine. Yeah. Does he say he's mine? But how do we know? Okay. But how do we know? It could be Leah. That's what I was thinking also, maybe. I I didn't know if he said he's mine. Because he got to see the mask. Because he says the one. The the one is mine. So I don't know. I thought he said the but the one he's mine. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I could, I, I, obviously, I could be wrong. Fact I, check? That's how I remember it. So Sharon yeah, says, says could, could be Carver. Yeah, Sharon yeah. says could be Carver. But okay. he said he. But he, only, he said but he. he. Only, yeah, but if he only saw them wearing the mask. Mm. How does he know? Okay. Oh, good, okay. good point. So that confirms two then, things, possibly. Then he's going to have, then he's going to need to see the mask on them to be able to identify and, you know. Did, did we see Pope in a mask? No. No. Never. So what if Pope's the only one that doesn't have a mask? Maybe Pope is the only face Elijah has seen. Well, maybe it's just the mask. Maybe he just needs to see them wearing the mask. And if he sees them wearing the mask, he will be able to identify who that one who was. That he is, the specific right? mask. And, okay. Maybe right. he's looking for a specific mask. I see. And, yeah. Right. And That's as stories I go, I mean, they, they're not going to kill the one that he's referring yeah. to, obviously. Right. I mean, and if so, I, what's, what's the, the point of even bringing it up? And then I thought of maybe it doesn't matter because could not Elijah's story represent a mini version of all that war? They kill us, we kill them, revenge, 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 on top of revenge. And then could Elijah be the means by which it gets Maggie herself after not wanting to stop with Negan to stop with Relia and the Reapers, which is a very interesting close on a long open book that never finished. Meaning Maggie at the end of season eight, for some people who missed it, I don't know why he wouldn't, uh, when Rick decided, hey, let's jail him, let's not kill him, Maggie went apeshit. And mm-hmm. it suddenly mm-hmm. sh- shook us all because like she'd been holding it together for so long, she hadn't alluded to the fact that yeah, we're going to kill him, right? Yeah, we're going to kill him, right? Right, right no, we're, we're going to kill him, right? Oh, boy, we're going to kill him. Rick, his plan was always to kill him himself, obviously, yeah. which yeah. is what he promised to do. And then he decided mm-hmm. not to. Maggie flips out, and he's left in jail. And then they have the little plot at the end of season eight, going into season uh, four of Fear, Fear the Walking Dead. And then nothing happens from that. She leaves the show, et cetera, in season nine, somehow. She, so she's still kind of stuck there in the fact that, okay, this guy should have gotten it. And now you're seeing Elijah at the same time having the same quandary of like, okay, these guys, they killed my sister. They killed my sister. What is Maggie? Is Maggie going to be the means by which Elijah stops his vengeance quest in order to save 
himself, let's say. Mm. Elijah's body represents season eight. He's not having a good day. And season seven, right? He's not having a good day. His sister died. He's having PTSD. He's been looking for her for a very long, you know, how, forever long it was that they got separated. Finds out he sees a walker, has shrapnel in his leg. This is season eight, just in spades. And so the thing that gets gets the guys to kind of, that gets the war to stop is not killing Negan, because that would not have stopped. People would have still been fighting people. Death would have been, blood would be soaked in the ground. It would be chaos. But instead, they broke even. People didn't survive after that. It's fine. But at least they didn't survive because people are killing each other. You know, people were relatively armistice-free, and they were trying to be communities and stuff like that. But okay, Elijah. Now, if, the, if we keep going, Elijah might die. Elijah represents the future, let's say. He's still a kid. He's, 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 not, he's pretty young. Well, the only way I can see that happening is if we kill the Reapers and put Leah in prison. Elijah may convince Maggie, we got to stop. We've got to stop this. But I don't think that's going to convince the Reapers to stop. So there's going to have to be a conflict or something. Like some it has to come to some sort of head. Again. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a matter of just saying, let's just go home. They are now set on a path of revenge against Daryl for, for Pope. But I could see him being the one, like maybe on his deathbed, saying this has oh, got wow. to stop somehow. Elijah being the one to say to stop. I hope that's the case. I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Unless he sees something Maggie doesn't. You know, which could be considering Maggie may still be switched off. You know, yeah. if, if you are emotionally switched off, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, I got something for you. This actually brings the conversation that, that Judith has with uh, Gracie into the fore about fear. And I, I've been thinking about this, like, why is this conversation here? It's cute. It's nice. It's whatever. And of course, is is highly refuted, like moments later when the walker reaches in and Gracie loses her shit after trying to train in front of the window. It's like, you uh-huh. think you think that fear would, uh, which, okay, listen, I would love to make fun of that, but that's accurate. Okay. Oh. I can see that. You, yeah. I don't like the idea that fear magic, she magically is able to control her fear. It's like, no, okay. This seems more realistic. Okay. They, mm-hmm. Some people are just who they are. And eventually over time, maybe they become better or more capable. But for now, <laughs> no, let's be real here. Okay, fine. But the whole conversation about fear is very interesting to me because that, that tells me a little bit of what about what you guys are talking about. The Reapers are all about not acknowledging their fear and going into these things with God on their side, right? Capable fighters, placebo effect, go. Our gang knows the cost. They're hungry. They're, they need to use their resources wisely, okay? They can't go all in. Carver says, yo, if you want your balls, sure. Dude, hey, Dixon, go ahead. Lead the horde away. Woo. Yeah, I <laughs> sing castrati soprano, okay? I like my balls. I like my baritone. <laughs> so there's a little competing philosophy here. I kind of I kind of like where we're going with this. And then so go, linking it back to Elijah, maybe he will see that, okay, maybe we've had enough. And, and Maggie, if you keep going down this path of you not having this fear or emotion or whatever, it's not going to end well for you. What are you, what are you, what are you fighting for? And that, taking us back to world beyond, what are you fighting for, Maggie? Mm. What are you fighting if for? She loses, if she loses Elijah, she will have, in an essence, lost every one from Meridian. Yeah. Except Herschel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but essentially everyone else you know like herschel's yeah. like in her in her pouch is she a little kangaroo yeah. she's in the pouch she's a joey there's yeah. joey's in her pouch his little i know i don't and know then, what it's called you know, <laughs> and then the other person that she has a very close connection to is still stuck in a church bleeding out oh god we forgot about alden thank you elisa holy shit you, so, you forgot you know, about so alden we, we dropped that thread episodes ago we never went back to it what happened yeah so when he's still in the church we're waiting yeah, to find I mean, out what happens there's several episodes ago oh my god be, i'm not you know <laughs> what i'm not even worried about alt uh, about alden honestly i'm you, not you've given up on the fact that he all. might die 
I don't think he's going to. I think mm. that I think they're pulling a Glenn on us right now. This that, is another this is another early season callback. Yeah. We think he's going to die, but he's not. We've we've how, Aiden just pointed out like 15 callbacks in since the season started from all the past seasons. That's what the, yeah. and we're going to see a lot more of it too. We are. They are going to bring I think they're going to bring back every callback they possibly can this season. <laughs> we saw they pulled a Glenn with Maggie in in Eshron 1 and we literally literally crawled under, under the train, yeah. Under the train. <laughs> um, I mean that was as much a Glenn callback as anything. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now with Alden, but, they're dragging it out for f- four weeks, just like they did with Glenn. But just like with Glenn, Glenn ended in a death. So uh, not not then, not, not in no, season no. six. Not, not then, but like not this is always the last six. season, people. <laughs> right? Yikes! Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I think I think Alden will be fine. Alden is not going to die from from his current wound. I will say that much. I'm not saying he'll survive to the end of the but season, but that sucks. he's he's fine right now. He heals up just to die later. So. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to die later either. I'm just, my my theory is right now, right now he's fine. So Aiden, who is one letter away from Alden, says, I think huh. Aiden will die because I can't see him surviving the show. And he said they kind of called back to 616 with the death of Cliffhanger there, the arrows firing at Maggie and Negan. I guess so. Follow me on this one. Did you feel a sense of foreboding when those those bottle rockets went went off no i didn't <laughs> i didn't either why no, i mean why? I, I really didn't because i think our people are going to be like run against the get against the wall who's down there right now it's just maggie and negan down there maggie and negan Eli- and elijah's elijah. well, elijah's gonna be t- he's hurt he's tucked away somewhere and, and he's not Darryl fighting daryl is down there Daryl's down there yep. and killing Walker, so are her so people he aren't her people yeah. oh, they, they retreated they retreated they retreated yep oh d- yes you're right daryl's down there daryl should know where this thing is pointing he was mm-hmm. just standing next to it a second ago mm-hmm. so he should know well enough to stay out of the way i mean i, I my assumption is that he's going to try to get well, everybody out of there and if he was smart you know live to fight another day mm-hmm. hopefully get the food while they're at it Ooh, maybe right maybe gabe will see them on the top and maybe gabe will snipe leah oh lord wow taking out leah the first show oh boy hmm that'd be kind of i don't know i here's the thing i i i I, I don't want to focus on 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 what happens more than why we didn't think the bottle rockets going off would kill our people did it just not look threatening enough right there's a feeling it kind of looked funny right to me okay to be honest like yeah the framing of it well they're arrows they're not just bottle rockets the rocket yeah. propelled yeah, yeah, arrows, no. right, right. The velocity at which they're going will go right through you. Yeah, they're, like, I, they're effectively bullets. What Aiden is saying, we just know they won't die that way. Like yeah. that's just yeah. too funny of a death. Like that can't even be a real. You can't die that way. <laughs> although, although, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can. But these well, people, these said, people even, can't die that way. Yeah. Yeah. Even Daryl says, "Don't let my people die like that." Mm-hmm. You know. Oh boy, but then, you know, him killing one of her people straight away without even giving him a chance could be a thing. Dude, could be Elijah. Could be Maggie. I I look, we don't we're not saying that Maggie doesn't get punched out in this in this one ep- in the next episode. I don't know. I don't know. For all I'm just following the feeling. I'm following the feeling if, of that cliffhanger. If, uh... if Negan dies this soon. He does it pushing Maggie out of the way of something. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Let's just say he gets mortally wounded. I don't know if I believe what Alden's saying, but he's saying uh, they, would, they wouldn't they would have cut to black if they had died. It's Aiden, not Alden. <laughs> same, same difference. You're, you're all Walker chum. I, <laughs> I, all I Walker was just... Chum. I was just reading that too, and then I thought, mm, six sixteen. I uh, remember six sixteen. Yeah, they cut to black then too. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, only after the hit happened too. Mm-mm. Well, yeah. that's the difference. No, maybe Aiden's onto something. You know, the the difference is there wasn't a piercing. Oh, well, we knew someone Somebody was got hurt. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We knew somebody was eating it. Okay. Do I have an accent? Do you have you have a fake accent? Yeah, see, I'm Alden. She. <laughs> that's Alden. That's your Alden. That's why, because Alden's accent is ridiculous enough. It's like right. It's because he's Irish, trying to be Southern. He's South African. Yeah, yeah. He was, is he? He's South African who sounds Scottish. Who sounds then sounds from like he's from Boston, but really else. not from Boston. Maggie, hey, he's Maggie, got the hey, she, hey. I don't know. Whatever. He's got that. He's got that Richie Coster accent where you just make up whatever the hell you feel like. You just oh, he's Australian. He's words. Australian. My bad. He's Australian, and, and yet he sounds We're like we all wrong. He's, from he's everything. He's everything. Well, okay, so he was born. It's in It's my Sydney. brother's name. Yeah, he's born in Sydney. He has two Irish grandparents, uh, and he ah, attended well, there you go. college. Scott's College. Yeah. Okay. So he's all over the map. We're all so we're all we're all right and we're all and we're wrong. All wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds. He's a little Irish and he's a little Australian. Which is apropos of nothing for Squawking Dead. We're all right and we're all wrong. That's perfect. That sums it up right there. <laughs> so Pope mentions uh, the Black Horse Famine in his little speech to, uh, to Leah. Yes. Right? Did you get you look this up? Yes. He's referring to the thor- third horse in, of the apocalypse, the the famine I, horse. I horseman. didn't look it up. Horse. I didn't look it up. That was what I had assumed he was referring to and then i went yeah we were just talking about the four horse women of the apocalypse too exactly see they do listen to us or we're just that good or we're just that good like they're kind of like uh facebook you talk about it and it shows up on your feed the next day they they, they filmed it like months ago though so are they tied they have time travel What's pretty cool about the third horse that I did not horseman that I, I keep calling it a horse. The third horse is very pretty. No, the third horseman <laughs> is in charge of like so he's obviously in charge of who gets what and counting how much they have and inflating the price. But part of that involves scales, the scales of justice. He is handed mm. the scales of ju- justice by which to judge how much one gets over the other, what price is set for whom because of the mm. famine. So when he's saying this, he's saying that we are on the right, the side of the righteous, you know, or he's saying it comes for us all. But if, if it comes for us all, we must be righteous. I like his little, like his devotion. But I, I, the other thing I liked about Pope is that, that they kind of clarified in this episode is that with as much as he's spiraling and still clinging on to the old ways, because again, Pope is a product of the, a previous era. He's a product of contemporary warfare, a person who's stuck in conflict. What's clear is that he doesn't know how to fight this war where you can weaponize whispers. You know, he doesn't know how to fight a war where it's, it's not about property. It's not about oil or if it's, it's not about trying to propel colonizers. Literally, literally, it's about famine. He's saying the thing, but he's not reacting to the thing. He says it comes for us all. So then why aren't we all coming for it? No, it must be us. We must be the ones that are... It's they who are rejected by God. He's getting the message wrong. He knows the message, but he's interpreting it wrong. It's like mm-hmm. he's still stuck in the old ways. Like Again, this is like the product of like TWD is the opportunity, man, to be your idealized self. No, but we have to cling to the old ways. But what happens to people who cling to the old ways, to what was before, the Commonwealth? What, what's happening there? I mean, they're lucky. Do they get possessed by demons and then have to go to... <laughs> Callback. <laughs> to Bridget Kelly's analysis role on the old ways Credit. movie on Netflix. Credit to Aiden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
bruja, for the bruja happens exactly. But but yeah, on this show, when people get stuck on the past or romanticize the past or act the way they used to in the past, they get murked because they don't know how to be this self that they were meant to be, or they reject it. And Pope rejects. Well, it. even Angela King and Angela King even made that point about the common. Ah, damn it! games. You know, because they, she said, you know, they have created this world as it was, but how much of the old world do we really want to hold? Right. They tried and to build back a world that was not was, meant to be. Was it that good? Right. Yeah. We resurrected, let's say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that goes to Pope as well, because Pope is resurrecting or resembling the world in which there was conflict. They were sent across uh, across countries to quell down riots and and put down armistices or create chaos, right? To create things by which they could unseat the enemy. But what? Where? Where is the enemy? Why is Maggie? Again, we go back to the initial question. Why is Maggie? Why is Maggie marked? And so I, I want to answer that question because I, I almost feel as though it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't matter. Because I think Pope is, Pope's raison d'etre is that I have to have an enemy. I have, otherwise, what's going to happen? If I have a moment of calm, what's going to happen? We don't need to know why Pope Mark Maggie. I mean, it's there. You just say, nah, yes, I want to know. I still want to know. We got to know. I want to know. know. I, don't, I, yeah. I don't think we're going to. That's the thing. I don't think we're going to know. Not in, any, I wanna, yeah. not in any meaningful way that isn't already kind of apparent. I, I think this, whatever it was sparked this entire, this, that is what caused all of this. I would like to know. I want to know why we're doing all of this. I mean, we knew why Negan went after them. We mm-hmm. knew why Alpha went after them. Mm-hmm. I want to know. And Angela the governor. King. We even knew why the governor went after him. Yeah. Angela King, if you're watching this, damn it, the people have spoken. We want to know. <laughs> no, it's up to us. No, we, we, ha- we have to... <laughs> We have to do it. I'm contending. I'm contending, and this is the way it's going to be, and I don't think they're going to bring this up again necessarily unless they do it by way of Leah. Mm -hmm. I I really do think that he did this because that's all he knows. He needs an enemy. This was his enemy, and it wasn't enough to take their settlement. We have to kill them all. We have to. Maggie, I would have killed you all. Take no survivors. This is the going too far. This is the, this is the okay, you yeah. did the thing. And, you know, this is a conversation that you and I had. Yeah, you, you not only have to take, take their shit, you got to kill them all, because this way they can't come back. The show is going to show almost, the cost of that, I and it's showing you Maggie, now. Yeah. I almost wonder if maybe Maggie did take out a few of the Reapers, and that's why that, Pope okay, marked her. That I would like to know, because you almost feel like there has to be a reason. But then I wonder, you know, I wonder if there really well, is maybe one. Maybe it was, maybe it was like a, a real son that she took out or something. Well, now I'm wondering if some of the, some of those grave grave markers that that Mencia, I don't know how to say whatever. Hopefully, we hear it at some point. The graves that he's praying over, maybe that maybe those were Reapers that Maggie killed. Uh, before the conflict oh, maybe maybe or i mean during the yeah conflict, yeah. yeah to aiden's point angela kane's podcast is going to sound like this i'm yeah. angela kane and this is a podcast pulverizing episodes of squawking dead sometimes they <laughs> make you laugh sometimes they make you cry and sometimes they make dave go cuckoo bananas i said cuckoo bananas not insane because cuckoo bananas yeah. is something dave says because i'm in charge here i'm in charge <laughs> of aiden god damn it <laughs> and he's clearly gone cuckoo bananas yeah. oh <laughs> oops 
<laughs> Sharony, if you're hashtag Team Leah, I'm hashtag Team Dakota. Snap, crackle, pop. I'm not getting involved here. Even though I like everything Rachel's saying right now. She knows I'm kidding. Does she? Because, does you know, if you say the wrong she thing, does. she'll get a little stuck on that one thing. <laughs> I'll never forget yeah, when you said you were exactly. Team Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like they didn't kill anyone like a, yet. A bunch of arrows just yeah. flew in the chat. I'm reserving, <laughs> right? I'm reserving my final opinion on Leah. My opinion of Leah fluctuates constantly, but I'm reserving my final thoughts for when she meets Carol. I want to see how Carol reacts to her, and then I'll decide if I really like her or not. I, that is an interesting question, whether they will ever meet. And it's yeah. quite possible that they won't. I mean, just depending on what happens in the next episode, really. Or yeah, the one I'm, after. I'm <laughs> definitely feeling that possibility, but I do hope that it happens. I do hope they get to meet each other. Well, and if but they do... How's it going to go? Who, who knows? Who knows, right? I mean, who knows? It's, it's a challenge for <laughs> both Carol and Leah. Because Carol, it's like, well, what would I have normally done? I would have killed the bitch. And mm-hmm. Leah, what would I have normally done? I mean, I don't know. She couldn't kill that woman in the other scene in, with the family. Would she kill Daryl's best friend? I mean, is, We're not is, even is Carver, sure she knows about Carol. Is Carver well, we the even... Carol in this scenario, right? If yeah, you're thinking oh, about yeah. in terms of right? So. Yeah, friendships, yeah. And, and we're, this is we getting don't a little messy. If, <laughs> we don't even know if Leah knows about Carol. I, yeah, we're not 100%. I, some people say yes, she some could people kill, say I don't know. She could try to kill Carol not even knowing who she is. I mean, let's say Leah takes a group of Reapers to go follow Daryl and do something or whatever, and they see Carol and, you know, try to attack or whatever. They might not even know who she is. From what I hear, she's only going to be in, I think, two or three more episodes. So what? somebody is going to take her lie. out. Not Carol, not Carol, Leah. Oh, thank no, I, God. I, I, oh, my I, God. No, I would just thought Carol. Rachel just froze. <laughs> oh, man. My stomach just dropped. That's information I didn't want to know about. <laughs> like, how can how is that even possible? Okay. No, that no, no. no. I, I had heard that she was... You know, like two or three more episodes. But, you know, I don't know. They did say that she had renewed for, you know, as a regular. But, you know, how much of a regular are you going to be in the final season? So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Can any? Can you really be a regular when you join in the final season? <laughs> I mean, it's 24 episodes. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Sharon says she doesn't think that Leah's going to be gone because she just posted a, pic- a picture of her trailer on set. She was back. Oh, she was back. Oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay, okay. And she was via satellite on Talking Dead. Okay. Okay, good, good, this good. This is Lynn, well, Lynn Collins, okay, a.k.a. Leah. Lynn. Yeah. Okay. Maybe all her people will die, and she'll be like... Kind of like Maggie, in a way. Yeah, sure. I need to I need to come over to the all side and play now. Well, I can easily see, like, okay, naturally you would think, okay, the Commonwealth comes in, wipes out all the Reapers. But I also kind of think, may, what if the Reapers are the means, like another side force that could be used to straighten out the Commonwealth a little bit? or put them on their haunches or something like that. And this is kind of why I I like, I kind of compare Leah to like this remixed version of Sherry and Andrea. Like, okay, what if we did Sherry right? What if we did Andrea even more right or or differently? Like, you know, kind of balance them out and put them in this one person. I feel like she could be used for something greater and could be be a better character on the show than on the comic, than in the comic, let's say. 
Or like, I mean, obviously you can't have the Andrea that you had in the comic. There's no, there's not much to that, but there's maybe a spirit that you can leave in, in a remixed version of Sherry. Oh, she says big time jump, Sharon D. Uh, they put her in prison for years. She's going to be the new Negan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Put him in jail, sure. Oh, and then she be- she could become a favorite. Oh, but this is the Does last Daryl season. Does Daryl get conjugal visits? <laughs> hey, her and Negan. <laughs> her, her and Negan wind up together. Leah and Negan. That's hard to say. I don't. I don't want. I don't want. I don't like it. Do you like it? I don't. I could. I could see Negan sort of wandering off after all of this, like he does in the books. Just sort of with goes off on his own. No, 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 on his own. On his own by himself. Finds a house to live in and grow old. And if this was a conversation for like from like a couple years ago, I'd be like, oh, let's have a little fun with this. Like I'm, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next, and I, I'm okay with that. I kind of want to just let it happen. I mean, this is like the unfortunate part of being this kind of podcast is like you still are a fan. You're still watching the show, waiting for things unfurl, and sometimes you have to say the things, and sometimes you have to analyze some things, and sometimes I just want to just go. I just want to see what happens. Like, can I be a guy? Can I be a person? I don't know. Can I just be a fan and let things happen and appreciate them for what they are? Like this episode is one of those things. Like a lot of things happen, didn't have to break down too much. Although we did revisit some themes and go a little harder and deeper. Okay, we get. We, oh boy, that's what we call making deep people. Uh, but yeah yeah i like i like this episode though overall i I think the cliffhanger was a bit of a lame sauce one but i don't care doesn't bother me it's the first third and that's kind of what i was getting to it's it's like a soft mid-season finale it's not like a what's the fate of alexandria mom no it's like not like that (laughs) yeah i mean that's okay because they could come back with the first with episode nine kick our ass right out of the gate unexpectedly like we should be having this crazy cliffhanger but we're gonna mess your world up on the very first time back you know (laughs) and we won't see it coming maybe you know i think it it, it doesn't help that they're squeezing in all these uh, these series back to back it really doesn't help because if you have to look this way while you're just getting over that way you know mm-hmm. how, where's the impact this is kind of like something this is kind of what we were talking about in um the episode with uh, just keep walking ben it's like okay can we can we have a little bit of break to kind of start getting worried can we have a little bit of break to appreciate where we're at maybe think about the past few episodes and how they all make sense against one another can we have a little bit of a break no no we have to binge watch but week to week and then we binge watch walking dead world beyond we binge watch Fear the. so you can't stop to think about what just happened i kind of want to i want to absorb what's been going on i kind of want to appreciate i want to savor it if you like what you heard head over to rate this podcast.com slash walking dead five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us but please 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 tell the world what you liked what you didn't like about us but tell them nonetheless after every episode it's a good way of communicating with us what you did and didn't like what you what you'd prefer what we missed and if you really enjoy what we're doing and you want to follow our journey maybe you want to show up in the chat just like aiden and alania and even charity who popped off the camera and went to the chat because she had a little headache popped off yeah well she popped a few migraine medicines yeah. and then she went into the chat because she still loves us for some reason yeah. i don't know what we did to deserve our love but if you think we might deserve your love head over to ko-fi.com set up an account and follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead just follow us you don't have to give us money you don't have to tip us you don't have to join a membership or anything like that it's a good way to know what's happening behind the scenes because if we are having an interview just like the one we dropped with mo collins you can be in the audience while we record seeing all the mistakes 
mistakes we make. And also seeing all the mistakes maybe our guests make. That happens too sometimes. You wouldn't know. <laughs> but had you been following us at ko-fi.com slash dead, you would. But if you do want to show up in the audience while we're recording our episode breakdowns or another interview, well, you can tip us and get 30 days of supportive back content. Or you can join our membership tiers for as little as a dollar a month. Isn't that crazy? Yes, for a dollar a month, you will be able to join the audience. You will be able to get the unedited episode recordings. But, hey, I'm not going to twist your arm. It's a great idea, I think. It doesn't cost anything to follow us. So, I've been your host, David Cameo. I've been joined by Cosmom09, Sharon D, a.k.a. Blazy Gardner, and, of course, our survivors to remember, Elisa J, who got to host the show with us because she followed us and eventually gave us money every month, and then she's just here hosting <laughs> the show because that's a perk for being a survivor. Thank you, Elisa! And she's been a gift. Just a, just a blessing. I'm a prostitute. I'm a prostitute I'm, for the show. Uh, Aliza, <laughs> technically, we're the prostitutes in this scenario. Well, yeah, that's right. I pay you. Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> see, you, see you next time. You whore. <laughs> <laughs>